As your interior designer, I'm saying do everything in black. Walls, sofa, carpet, goldfish, everything. Um, can we not have a bit of colour? Maybe one tiny highlight in Battleship Grey. It's your home, so you should be in charge. With Avancard's flexible home improvement loan, you are. You can choose any repayment period that works best for you up to 84 months. That's seven years. Find out more at avancard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. New applications only. Seven-year term applies to minimum loan value of €20,000. Avancard Dock Trading as Avancard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome everyone to All About All Elite for March 2nd, 2019. Today we will talk NWA, AEW, we will broaden the world of AEW with another Convince Me segment and of course at the end of the show we will do MLW Fusion The Legacy Series Episode 4. We have a lot to get into so we'll go ahead and do it. I am the LOP Mystic aka your one man hype. Band and I am joined by my friend and co-host, by God, my learned colleague, Mr. Miz Fan, The Brain. Greetings, Miz Fan fans. We are indeed back with another episode. I'm very excited about it. I don't even know all we're going to be talking about today. There's a lot that's been happening. I got some notes. I'm ready for anything. So, my friend, let's do it right now. Let's get into it. Okay, so we haven't really um, established news and rumors today so i don't know if you have any in that area that you want to talk about that is your department i don't i'm not really i don't keep up with the rumor mill near as much you know i'm here for the matches but uh if you've heard anything i want to talk about it okay so there's not a lot going on this week and not a lot that i really want to dig into i think the biggest story might be the fact that bruce pritchard uh is now with wwe but the rumors are such bullshit that it's hard to talk about anything so (laughs) bruce pritchard gets hired and it's like the biggest creative job of all time and then by the time we do the show, uh, well, the rumors weren't exactly true. They don't even know what they're going to do with him exactly yet. They're just figuring it out. But it sounds like he might stay with the podcast, too, which to me, I don't know why you want to listen to uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard under contract with WWE. But um, that might be good news for some people. It was a groundbreaking podcast, but sure. it's already hard enough to get him to uh, have an opinion that wasn't Vince McMahon's when he was estranged from the company. So I don't know that I want to hear him um, as a WWE contracted uh, personality. Uh, to be sure. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, though. Maybe it could be all right, because I, I, I would assume the reason to listen to a podcast like this is because of, like, the stories he can tell, not his opinion on the yep. things that happen, because his opinion never really struck me as that interesting, honestly, but the little tidbits that he can roll out, well, those were very interesting, so maybe he can t- continue to share those. Maybe so. Um, I think the reason that show was so beyond the others is the fact that that's about as close to Vince McMahon as you're going to get, and Vince McMahon does not talk a lot, so you've got someone who, like you said, could tell stories about what happened like in the inner, inner uh, uh, conversations for some of the most creative or controversial moments in wrestling history. But again, I don't see. Not it wasn't a good week for me for podcasts because just this morning the rumor is that Jim Ross may start a podcast with um, Conrad, and I have never. Jim Ross is just so 
I don't, I don't even know what the word is, <laughs> but like it's not going to do it for me. Plus, I've already heard a lot of WWF stories too. Bruce Pritchard, I don't really care to hear Jim Ross be very. What is? I don't have language today, but he always puts me in a bad mood. <laughs> you know, I didn't even quite know that about Jim Ross. Who knows? Maybe he'll talk about uh, the Dangerous Alliance or or Steve, stunning Steve Austin or something. Maybe yeah. he'll say something to make you happy. I listen to the WCW stuff. But I just don't want. You know, it's a, it's a big fall because again, the rumors being what they are, there was a trademark for dead men talking, and people thought we might be getting an Undertaker. Uh, podcast, which to me, I would listen to that because that's like the closest thing to say Andre the Giant doing a podcast because right. you got the locker room leader who probably knows more than maybe anyone because he's he's just there and to hear the Undertaker's take on just random stuff and he's been there for so long. But at least today, the rumor is that that is actually going to be uh, when he travels and gets paid to like give speeches and talks. Yeah. So yeah, it's much less exciting. Much less exciting. So that's pretty much all that I got for news and rumors because we do have two more, but they're in the double or nothing kind of uh, video that we're gonna watch. So mm. it was a it was a low week, but I think with the podcasting, it is showing that everything's up in the air with Bruce Pritchard. You know, we can keep saying everything's coincidence, but you know, there's a lot of money out there, a lot of opportunity, and just things. You know. If, you, if you're doing anything, making noise anywhere, right now is the chance to get paid because mm. nothing is stable at this moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, StarCast is not officially aligned with AEW. You know, it's just sort of like a, <clears throat> a separate thing that, you know, is just taking advantage of the same weekend. But, yeah, I, it, it definitely feels a bit like WWE's like, hey, you know, we're signing all these uh, other people. Maybe we can just sign some people. And I don't know, maybe Bruce will still be there. Um so that, that could not even affect it at all. But it does kind of feel like you said, if anybody is making any noise, everybody's like, hey, you know, I, I can get in on that. And, you know, uh, to some extent, why shouldn't they, I guess? But it is yeah. a little disappointing if you like to hear those narratives outside of the bubble. Yeah, so that's kind of it. Um, not a big week, not a lot going on. We're kind of getting into maybe uh, the middle stages of the road to double or nothing is still a long ways away so we're off kind of the beginning and we're just kind of you know out there cody rhodes is talking about maybe doing a stadium show so that may happen uh forty thousand people apparently independent uh had signed up to try to get tickets so we may get our, uh, an aew stadium show this year it's possible I, i'd be interested um to see them try it might be too much too soon or it might be a huge success like the other stuff they've done so i'm interested all right so we'll jump right into uh video five then of aew's road to double or nothing this one begins with a sit-down interview with chris jericho he is full-on uh this jericho who says that everything that's happened in aew is because of me um, talks about that he is the bridge for wrestling fans to meet the new talent of AEW. Without him, you do not have that connection. And again and again, he says, at Double or Nothing, he demands a thank you for what he's done in AEW, and that he will get that thank you from Kenny Omega. He calls it the best in the world versus the greatest of all time. And he says, I want Kenny Omega to thank me. Kenny, on behalf of the AEW, 
you will thank me. I guarantee that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'm i all about this Jericho character, like I've said before. Um, I'm a fan of the direction that he's taking this. I think it's the best thing that he could do. It does make me wonder... Um, I don't know, the way he's talking, it almost makes you think, like, uh, he's got to have the win here, but it seems counterintuitive that he would get the win over Kenny Omega, who's going to be their actual top star, by all indications, so I don't know, maybe Jericho's just doing a good job fooling me into thinking there could be another outcome, but, uh, you know, I gotta say, he's raising my interest in the match, like you, I was not overly crazy about their first match but you know i don't know guys i'm i'm at least interested in who comes out on top uh probably more so now than i was the first time so they're doing that for me at least yeah i agree this is what good storytelling is supposed to be i've, I've always said that you got to feel like everybody's got something on the line because otherwise why are you watching like if, if i'm not gonna lose anything by losing why is losing losing so this is the Carpe Diem edition of the show. NWA's been using that word. Later on, we picked five different, I guess, scenarios where who can seize the day at AEW, either before Double or Nothing, on Double or Nothing. And what I realized when I was making that list is what you're saying right now. Everybody's got a lot on the line. Mm-hmm. And this is this is wild because it's a ballsy move to me if you end Double or Nothing with like Jericho winning because it's not like on TV the baby face can come back. It's all about, you know, kind of that show and that show's so isolated from other shows. But at the same time, you know, Jer- Jericho, a lot of money offered to Jericho. He's supposed to be the big name. Is he going to lose the Omega right off the bat after saying all this? But then again, Omega's that free agent. So, and Jericho throws in that he's already lost to him. So yeah, I, I honestly don't know where they're going to go. And that's exactly where I like to be in the build up to a show. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely feels like uh, a loss either way. It's going to have actual consequences, and that's uh, definitely one of my favorite things in wrestling. Absolutely. Um, we go to Cody Rhodes in his office. Um, Brandy Rhodes comes in. She has a couple of announcements. First one is about um, sensory. Do you know anything about this? Um, just what I saw in the video, what I've read, uh, during sensory-inclusive events for fans who are overwhelmed by... Uh, by a lot of sensory information, um, you know, loud noises, uh, uh, a lot of things that you might see at a wrestling show. So cool. I didn't even know this was really a thing, but cool that they're doing it. You know, I've definitely known people who've been uh, a little overwhelmed, especially at big wrestling shows with like tons of pyro and stuff. And those yep. people didn't even have like, you know, the stuff that they're talking about. So yeah, uh, cool. I'm all I'm all for it. Good for them. Yeah, that, that's big. Um... I could not. I'm one of those people who, as part of being a highly sensitive person, if you look up Elaine Aaron, part of it is your overstimulated nervous system. So, like, the pyro for me, I don't know. It didn't do it at Double or Nothing. But when I was at, um, forget the show, but it was Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk. Like, every fucking time, like, something went off. It's just, like, just jumping. I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't, like, situate myself and just enjoy the show. So, mm. you know, I like, I like this, like this move. Um, but then, of course, that's kind of the pre-show because there's also a bigger announcement. And it was teased uh, the day before online that Brandy Rose would have a new signee. Um, what do we think about this, Miss Fan? Uh, well, the new signing is uh, B. Priestley, who's a uh, U.K. female wrestler. Um 
who is fine, in my opinion. I think it's a fine signing. They were okay. hyping it up like it was maybe a little more than I thought it really was. But, you know, they want to create that hype. So, you know, that's cool. I'm a bum all about it. Cody and Brandy have their little disagreement. Oh, I want to call her. No, she's a girl. I get to call her. And they, and that, that was cute. They have a cute dog. So they're a cute little family. So, yeah, that was cool. I'll let you tell that story because it sounded a lot better in your interpretation than I knew it was. <laughs> you didn't like it? I just don't know, like, who who called all the other women that they hired? Yeah, I don't know why they're just having this conversation now. They've hired, like, six women, so that's a good point. But my favorite part was Cody had a clerical uh, question. Uh, he's like, are you a pug owner? And then he's like, yes, he's like, huge. <laughs> they love their dogs, yeah, for sure. No, I don't know. They, that could help. That could help, like, more than you think. I don't know. My wife was, like, in the room, and she was, like, not really watching, but she saw their little dog, and he's like, oh, it's such a cute little oh, dog. I know. And I'm I like, know. okay, there you go, <laughs> you know? It's when I saw Cody come down with a dog at All In, I was like, you are the smartest fucking person in yeah, business sure, right sure. now. You know, the way he's marketed, like, Pharaoh's the big white yeah. one. Yeah, no, it's smart, honestly. So <laughs> They know who their audience is, and they know the culture, and they are doing well with that, so yeah, very I, well, I can't. I think. I can't be mad at him. I don't. I know nothing about her, so that's why I'm not commenting. But, uh, you know, signings are good, and I like whether you're whether it's a good uh, signing or a fair signing. I like kind of the idea of you know let us in on the signings. You know, let them all yeah. be a big deal. You know, she'll sink or swim, but you know, like who? Sh- nobody. You shouldn't be signing people, but they don't matter. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I even. Even if they sign people that I'm not that interested in, I still want them to try to sell me on that. Like, tell me why I should change my mind. Because, you know, like, AEW is about, like, changing your mind about what's possible and what people can do. So, you know, cool. Keep building on that, you know. And like you said, you know, they may they may win or they may lose. They may sink or they may swim. Um, but, yeah, don't don't take their uh, life preserver away before they go in the water. You know, give, give them every chance to, to come out and look good. Yeah. And then the thing I love about NWA 10 pounds of gold, about being the elite, about road to double or nothing, and this is what I hope we see in television too, they are really good at telling stories, and you think the video's over, uh, Brandy is just kind of like mic'd up, talking about things that we've already kind of covered, and she's taking the mic off, are we done here? And so as she's taking it off, you look at the video, and you see there's like, very little box, uh, room left in that box, meaning there's very little time left. It's going to end. And then a, a random question from off screen is, how, how's Cody's knee doing? And she's not happy about this. Brandy says that I don't, I don't understand the rush to get back and that stupid match. I don't even want him to be part of. And I hope the doctor steps in. So this again, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. This is why um, I was so excited when we covered TNA, because they were trying to do a little bit of this. But you know how to tease things. There always needs to be a forward lean. And so we got the mystery man again, but it's not a whole segment. Like, let's talk about the mystery man. It's just she's asked a question, and you get the anxiety, the frustration, the irritation. They are not on the same page for whatever reason, be it the knee, be it the opponent, be it the history or be it something about that person, she does not want Cody wrestling that match. So, again, we haven't heard it in a little while, but we are teasing the mystery opponent for Cody Rose again at the very end of uh, The Road to Double or Nothing, Episode 5. Yeah, I'm really interested in this. Um, I, um, 
What I want to know is, does Brandy just not want Cody to wrestle at all, or does she specifically not want him to wrestle yes. this mystery person? And if it's the latter, who could that be that she is uh, extra worried about, that you would rather Cody just be benched by the doctor than get back into the ring? So, um, I like Brandy. I like her character. I like Cody quite a bit. I'm sure this match will happen. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the whole idea is you, you want you want to build me up Wondering who this mystery purchase person is, and um, I'm built up. You know, I really want to know. I'm very curious about it now, so that it's working. It's working well. Yeah, this is the second time it's been addressed. Last time, she was pissed off because he didn't let her in on it. But, again, you, could, you there was that line of how much is it that and how much is it the actual person. Right. And so that, that tells us a lot, and it tells us nothing at the same time, which to me is great when you're at March 2nd for a show that what is in May. Yeah. So we got a long time to go. I don't know. Is it going to be someone who's just dangerous or is it going to be someone who is like familiar to their story? You don't know. You don't know. And you don't know where it's going to come up again, but it's so interesting because I like that somebody's doing something unique because I'll get into this in my carpe diem five people, but you got the bucks trying to make the tag division something. You got Brandy trying to make the women's division something. You got Kenny Omega trying to make kind of that main event match something. Mm-hmm. And Cody's got this wild card between the knee and the mystery man. So give give somebody something different to do. I like that. I like mystery in my pro wrestling. This is what I always talk about when I don't watch pro wrestling. It's not because I'm not a pro wrestling fan, but there's a lot of um, ways to tell stories that just work. And I can find them in all the other shows that I want to watch. I mean, I can't find them in pro wrestling. It's not going to compete with the shows who are doing these things. And this is one thing I like. It's a mystery, but it's being naturally embedded. They're doing well with it. It may be disappointing because we know a lot of names that are floating out there. So it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. But at least I'm enjoying the build up to the show. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it's all about. You know, They want you to, to walk this road. They don't want you to just show up at Double or Nothing cold um and you know if you do i think that'll be fine you know just like with all in but yeah they want to walk you there in a way that's going to be as exciting as possible and they're, they're doing a good job you know like you said it's kind of uh peak pro wrestling tactics at least uh as far as what i look for um yeah and i'm, I'm liking it a lot yes it's so easy today just to well they're gonna find out anyway so just throw the name out there and then build right. a story around what we already know right but we don't have to do that all the time. We can actually try to tell a story. And yep. part of a story is mystery and build. And to their credit, you know, as far as I know, this is something that hasn't been leaked. Um, Same. You know, and that's uh, that's a good thing as well. You know, I've never really been a fan of spoilers because, um, hey, they spoil things. You know, it's yeah. right there in the name, honestly. So I don't read them usually even when they're out there. But um, the fact that they're not out there makes it uh, even more interesting. Until the ranks, at least backstage, really grow. Like, who would be the asshole leaking these stories? You know, if it's Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, you know, like, who's, yeah, I mean, who's fouling things up for them? Yeah, this, is, this isn't machine. This isn't a WWE machine where, like, you're just a cog. It doesn't really matter if you, like, squeak out some grease here and there. Everybody's really invested in this. So it's, it's a very good sign, I think, that, yeah, they're all kind of, like, sticking to their guns. They're sticking close to the chest. They all want it to work in the way it's supposed to work. More than they want, you know, whatever little buzz you might get from, like, talking to some, you know, whoever who's going to spread it online. So, no, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. So, we can switch over then. Uh, that was a 
uh, Road to Double or Nothing video. We switched to NWA 10 Pounds of Gold. Um, came here for the clickbait because it had Marty Skrull's name in it, even though he's not really in the video. <laughs> I stayed for Dory Funk Jr. So we're going to talk 10 Pounds of Gold. Last time we um, saw these guys, Nick Aldis wanted a tag team partner for the Crockett Cup in April. Brought out his uh, lifelong friend in Marty. Marty's like, nah, no, thank you. I'd rather wrestle you for the NWA title. And that match is now decided. But during that show, Nick Aldis talked about spending time with Dory Funk Jr. Now we get that we get that time spent. We get to see that. Dory Funk Jr. wanted the long, I think, second longest, they said, reigning NWA champion of all time. Uh, talking to Nick Aldis, who, of course, is the man who you never wanted, but you can depend on. And he's going to make sure he shakes hands with every legend before he's done in this journey. He's, he's uh, I guess they're training wrestlers in the background for this. He talks a lot about, talks to Dory about what the title means, about the history um, thoughts on Dory Funk Jr. in general, and just, uh, that, I don't know if we've talked about Dory Funk Jr. before. Uh, not a whole lot, but, um, well, we talked about a little in, uh, both Legacy series, actually, because he was at Slamboree 93, and then he was teaming with Terry Funk at WrestleMania 2, Interesting. I want to say, so, so we've seen him a couple times, um, he's definitely a guy in the modern day who tends to be overshadowed by his brother, and I think that's probably justified, honestly, um, I find Dory Funk, when I go back and watch him, to be good, uh, a little dry. Um, he throws a good uppercut. You know, he definitely had that uh, incredibly historic reign through kind of the, the early 70s. Um, and he did a lot of good work. You know, I've seen I've seen some very good Dory Funk Jr. matches. Um, but uh, I'm a Terry guy. I don't know. Dory hasn't really had the same success uh, after NWA run. Um but he's, you know, he's a name that people recognize, like like Magnus said. You know, people still cheer when they hear his name. Um, he, he's got uh, that reputation. He's got that narrative. And, you know, he is a, a very historic figure. And now he's, like, 100 years old, which was clear in the video, I thought. But, um, you know, it happens to everybody. So there you go. It does. It does. I've never been too interested in Dory Funk Jr., but this is the power for me as someone who's a narrative fan uh, that these videos do because I found him more interesting here. Uh, I love this story because my father was Dory Funk Sr. I felt the pressure that I had to be a great wrestler myself following in his footsteps. He would cut loose with the language if I did something wrong. If I did something right, he never said anything. Mm. You know, yeah. that, like, that story is enough that you could build a character on for a long time. Just that story, that, that short story I just told, you know, his relationship to his father, his relationship to himself, the seriousness of it, the something to prove of it. You set up all these personality dynamics that can trigger in him just by telling the story. And this is what we should be doing with our younger stars. I'm trying not to knock, oh, God, Nick Aldis every time. Because, like, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad these videos exist. And if, and if somebody, if it takes Nick Aldis to be the one carrying the belt, then, like, that's what it took for these videos to exist. But at the same time, like, how many videos do I watch? Why can't he tell a short story like that that makes me say, okay. No, that's Nick Aldis right there, okay? I, I've been missing it, but that is Nick Aldis. You know, you could put anybody in the role of, I am NWA champion. I kind of like that, and so I like the NWA champions. Like, anybody can play that role. But who, who are you 
specifically because last time I met you was during the Cody Rose angle and you were a heel and it seemed very natural and you seemed a little bit arrogant and it, it really worked well because like I don't I don't know if there's a better heel to have than someone who is so arrogant and you don't know why they're arrogant like what is it about you that's <laughs> kind of freaking me out that you think so highly of yourself Nick Aldis but now he's like the you know the super super good guy I think and just like you know Dean Malenko let me just come in and shake your hand and and pay my respects so I didn't even think about it, but in the video, I could follow Dory Funk. Uh, I could follow Dory Funk with the belt now in one video better than Nick Aldis. Hmm, yeah, well, you probably see some better matches as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. I've said it before. I think you have the money and kind of the opportunity to pick one wrestler and follow him everywhere, and make all these videos about him, and the person you pick is Nick Aldis. It, it's not who I would pick. So, yeah, my interest is always kind of going to be. There's probably a ceiling on my interest unless he proves me wrong, and he could, you know, who yeah. knows, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I was just waiting for Terry Funk to come in and uh, and bashfully <laughs> declare himself to be the number one contender, and then maybe pile drive Nick Aldis through a table, so that's what I was waiting for. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that, because, <laughs> I, hey, but, you know, it would be better. I said, Nick, I don't know what Nick's challenge, I don't know what the challenge for the NWA, I don't know if partly they like it, because... They're trying to hype tradition, so maybe they feel like someone who's not that over the top, that maybe it should not be about him, it should be about the belt and the story. Maybe that's something. But I do think Nick Aldis is the man to sustain you wherever you are, but he, I don't think he's the man to grow uh, your company even by by an inch. So mm, Yeah. And i got to be honest, I feel like he's only able to sustain the level they're at because the level they're at is basically nowhere. Yeah. You know, with all respect to the NWA, I like these videos and everything, but, you know, NWA, they run, like, two shows and one show, maybe. Uh, they're excited about the Crockett Cup. I don't see a lot of buzz for it, you know, right or wrong. I don't know. It just it doesn't really seem to be going anywhere that fast. And, uh, you know, maybe it's just a really slow burn or something, but... I don't know. I, I got to wonder, you know, is he maintaining or is he limiting at this point? You know, would they do better going with somebody who might be a hotter hand? But then, like you've mentioned, there's the risk that that person's going to leave then and then yeah. what do you do, you know. So it's tough. Um, I don't know what the best way is. So they're, maybe they're just doing the best with what they've got. Yeah, they call it a 20-year plan, so maybe that's a very literal uh <laughs> 20 years I, and Nick all this. Get ready. It's going to be fun. All right. I do think the only thing worse of it, the thing, or the thing that's definitely worse than all this is getting a champion somebody can be excited about. And the first time they get an offer, they throw the belt down and, and yeah. run. You know. And you got to respect Nick Aldis, you know, his ability apparently not to get offers, despite the fact that every, <laughs> you know, Bruce Pritchard is being picked up for whatever amount right now. <laughs> so maybe he does get offers and he just, you know. Married to the NWA, but I don't. We don't hear, like you said, we don't get a lot of rumors or stories about NWA, so it's hard to know sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm also wondering. We got Ring of Honor in New Japan uh, doing Madison Square Garden. I haven't heard anything about Nick Aldis. It'd be nice if they could get the NWA title defended on that show, but you know, who knows? It would be smart. I mean, that's a weird situation in and of itself because they definitely sold that show on the premise of like the elite being there and obviously they're not going to be there so i think they're going to have to try really hard to make sure the fans uh still get their money's worth so 
yeah, I'm throwing the NWA title on there somewhere. It sounds like a good idea to me. Like, it's better than, you know, I look at the Ring of Honor roster and I'm like, eh, you know, I don't know yeah. if I want, like, some of these undercarters in front of this huge crowd. Like, I wouldn't put them out there necessarily. I would be looking, yeah, for all the bells and whistles for a show like that. Yeah, the worst thing that they can do is sell out Madison Square Garden and then wish they never had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't really understand anything about Nick Collis. The, the Carpe Diem sees the day thing that we're about to go into was a Nick Collis thing he was saying, but it made no sense when he said it. It made sense when Marty said it because he was about to swerve his friend. I don't want, I don't want to be tag team partners with you. I want my world title shot. I don't know what Nick was saying it for. I never know. <laughs> Nick Collis to me, I say it every time, but I think he's really inheriting the Jeff Jarrett role. Like if Jeff Jarrett was younger, he could be doing this. I think Nick Collis is better to me as far as. Uh, something like Nick Oz doesn't irritate me. He just he doesn't do anything for me. Jeff Jarrett irritates me in a way that is not like oh he'll he'll is provoking me, but more like you have no business being on TV. You're not any better than anybody watching. You're not any different. Go go back to Memphis <laughs> and wear your little uh, whatever it is you wear, sir. Because with all due respect to your legacy and your 105 world titles. Oh well, alas. <laughs> Okay, so NWA still moving along. I hope we get some narrative from Marty. It's really not a not a uh, convincing title match if Marty is not even in the NWA video. So hopefully they will get on that between now and April, late April for their big show. For sure, for sure. When is the Crockett Cup anyway? Something I want to say something like April twenty sixth, twenty seventh. Oh, that's real close to the. We're about to hit it. Yeah, um, first week in April is Madison Square Garden. I think last week in April is NWA, and then last uh, week in May. So we're about to start hitting some events and not just videos. So a lot Dang. coming. Okay, oh, so that's yes, I, that's a different order than I thought they were in. I thought the Crockett Cup was first, but no, yeah, you're right. So hmm, interesting. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. <clears throat> yeah, it'd be better. I don't know. We'll see. Nick, they need to get on Madison Square Garden. A backstage video. With them pretending like the NWA title was the reason that Madison Square Garden is selling out could be good for them. <laughs> it couldn't hurt for sure. Yes. So, like like I said, we are getting into the Carpe Diem seize the day moment. We both pick five wrestlers, or five five whatever. Who can seize the day? Who should seize the day? What do they need to do to seize the day? Because we are in a moment of seizing the day. Ty fucking Dillinger is probably going to seize the day with a massive contract. That's the world <laughs> that we're living in right now. Bruce Pritchard, uh, I don't know if it's true or not. They said um, in the reports that Bruce Pritchard made more money with his podcast than he ever made in WWE. If that is true, God bless him. Man, seize the day. Lots of folks doing it. Arn Anderson, Vince McMahon apparently had a blow-up argument. God, I hope that's true because everything that Arn Anderson thinks is one thing. Everything that Vince McMahon thinks is another thing. And I side with one of them, and he's not under contract anymore. And I hope because the AEW sees the day Cody Rhodes bring Arn Anderson in. Just a time right now to be coming up. If you're just starting or a vet, you got you got an opportunity to do something special because right now there is a lot of opportunity missing. What's up, my friend? What's up? Yeah, is that how we start? Is that uh, I'm I'm all about this. I like this list. Um, I took seize the day as. Who, who has a chance to change the narrative about themselves? Who has a way to change the way people talk about them? Yes. Uh, 
at this show before the show as part of this whole deal. Um, who, after all is said and done, will be talked about in a way that they were never talked about before, or at least has a chance to do that. So uh, I got my list. I'm sure you got yours. Is that my cue to, to start? Should I go with number five? Yeah, I, I got two I'll probably just do together. So. All right, okay, and... cool, cool. All right, well, my number five is one that uh, I think a lot of people might not think of, but I think it really could be a big thing. Um, I'm picking Yuka Sakazaki one of the uh, Japanese women that they have brought in for this show. Um, and here's how I think it's her chance to seize the day. Right now, she is a total unknown to most. Uh, I have seen her, and she's very, very good. I think she can change her narrative from someone that people don't know to someone that people are trying to book for every women's promotion you know, in America. I think she could create mm-hmm. a big name for herself in the United States. I think she could make herself an international star overnight, and uh, I think it's a great opportunity for her. And that That is who I want to see seize the day first and foremost. That's my number five on my list. I hope it happens because she's super talented and I'm a big fan. That is super exciting to me. Again, someone I have not seen, so I cannot really speak on it. But uh, a couple of numbers down I will talk about kind of the women's division, and that's exactly what I want to see is uh, something like that happen. So if you were pitching her with just a sentence or two and you wanted someone to watch her match, what would you tell them? Oh, man, you put me on the spot here. Um, I'm bad at articulating for why people people should watch. I just think she's a really great wrestler. I think she's charismatic. Um, and I think when you see her, you'll understand. So uh, I guess that's how I would pitch it. I don't know if that would work or not. But eventually I'm going to sit you down and make you watch a few matches. I'll see if you you feel the nice. same. So we'll see if it bears out. You left it on some intrigue. So now it's up to me to watch and see. So <laughs> not a bad route to go. There you go. Uh, my number five is an obvious one. We're watching NWA videos because of him. It is my man. The villain, Marty Skrull. I have no idea if he will be in AEW, period. If he will be in AEW by double or nothing. But the one thing I hope, the one thing I pray, is that they take advantage of the fact that his contract lasts longer, that he's been separated from the group. It's a story they built themselves, and they're usually pretty good at this. I would love the idea that just four, five, six months on a contract, changes the trajectory of Marty's life forever. I looked it up. He is 30 years old. That, to me, excites me more about him because that is still a young man in pro wrestling. I also looked up another person who is 27 years old, and that is Hangman Page. And they keep talking about Hangman Page as that guy that's going to be the next man up someday. Like, he is going to be a world champion. He's going to represent this company. He's kind of that young blood. Right now, he's getting he's getting hazed by the, by the elite in his feud with Pac. But every time they talk about him, he's that guy that's going to be up eventually. So one thing I would really like to see, thinking about the Steve Austins, the Dustin Rhodes in WCW, all those guys that were really do up next before Hulk Hogan in the turn. I would love to see Marty and Hangman both 
at least have opportunities to advance in the coming two, three, four years, whatever. You know, and one take that path where he's still anointed, still in the circle, still part of uh, that elite group. And the other one takes that uh, kind of vagabond, that left out, that forgotten, that I'll do it on my own. And it's a vicious fucking world that we live in. I know they said there's not baby faces and heels, but the world where a hangman page stays in the circle, benefits from the circle and gets to be the baby face. Marty Skrull takes the hard road. He's the forgotten guy, but nobody cares. Nobody feels for him. He's the heel. I would love to see them take completely opposite paths and find each other somewhere down the road when they both have hopefully matured and made it to whatever that uh, position, that opportunity, that cusp of potential. So um, that's my guy, Marty Skrull. If you're, if you're going to bring him in, bring him in separate bring him in not as one more person to stand in the circle that circle is about full as it can be so we'll see what happens maybe we'll see him maybe we won't but just keep building that story i uh, with marty scarl and i will be a happy fan i like it yeah i uh, i didn't even really think of scarl in terms of this list but uh, i could definitely see him having an opportunity i feel like from the way he is pretty well known already, it will be hard for him to change his narrative. But I think, yeah, breaking out in a different way could uh, be the catalyst to um, to change the way that people talk about him. So I like it. Um, I consider Paige for my list. I didn't end up putting him on, but I do think he has an opportunity as yes. well to uh, to show kind of why, kind of back up once again, um, why he's going to be somebody to watch in the in the future and i think his narrative will change slowly over time more so than it will within the next few months but uh but i don't know it could uh it could happen at any time he's a very talented guy i'm a big fan of him so um so yeah i like those picks uh my number four on my list is a guy that we're going to talk about uh, a lot more uh in the next segment and that is chima um this is a guy who's already very well known in Japan. I've talked before about how he's basically been the number one star of the second most popular promotion, Dragon Gate, over in Japan. Uh, he has been known in America. He's worked with Ring of Honor at times. Uh, there was a promotion that was very popular called Dragon Gate USA for several years, and uh, he was obviously involved to some extent in that. But on a bigger level, beyond kind of that indie wrestling fan level, he's probably not really known in America I think this is his chance to come in to uh, bring some other people in, to wow people, to make a name, something like, you know, um, we didn't even love him that much when we watched WCW, but like Ultimo Dragon is a name that uh, mm. most wrestling fans know. And if you can carve out that kind of narrative for yourself, then that's awesome. And I think he's got the opportunity to do that. Uh, or he could be a figure like Conan, where people maybe don't remember him as much for his wrestling, but just for the fact that he created this incredible pipeline for these kinds of wrestlers that people were not familiar with. I think he could be that as well. So he has a couple of possible narrative opportunities here, and I think uh, he's in a really good position to seize one or both, and I think that's very cool. Absolutely. I'm not going to say much because we have the Convince Me segment coming up next. The one thing I will note is just what you said. He's not really known in America, which is exactly what they keep telling us. And I think there's something about pro wrestling and we're right to do it. But like, 
Uh, some things they just keep telling us over and over. Our company is going to be about this. And you try to go around their statement. No, no, what's it really going to be about? Because we don't trust what we're told. But they say they want fresh talent. They want to be the one ones who introduce people to a bigger stage. And like you said, that might uh, that might uh, that might expand in that they are introducing him, and he might be the guy to introduce so many more talents. So mm-hmm. a lot could happen in that space. Yeah, yeah, I think he's well positioned. I'm really excited to see. It. Because um, there's a lot of opportunity here, you know. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do, what they do with it. Absolutely. Uh, I went with number four. I went with Cody's opponent. I am afraid and excited about this one. Who is this mystery person that has uh, the family fractured? That has Cody thinking one way and uh, Brandy hoping the doctor steps in and doesn't allow the match. What I hope it's not is someone that whose sheer name value will just turn the world upside down. Oh, my God. The rumors were true. <laughs> he has left the WWE. I, I don't want that. <laughs> what I do wonder, though, is if you could keep... I don't know what it'll be, but mm. if there yeah. really is a reason that Brandy doesn't want them to wrestle, and Cody has the injury, if someone were to come in... And do the kind of damage to Cody Rose that Brandy fears is going to happen, that would be seizing the day. Because, again, I don't know why I'm so attracted to this, and I apologize to Cody Rhodes, but this is this is the first, not even All In was an AEW show. This is the first AEW show. Kenny Omega, maybe he loses. So hard to see that, but he's main eventing the show. Young Bucks. In their minds are main eventing the show. Brandy Rhodes in her mind is main eventing the show. They're all putting on their divisions that they think should main event the show. I would like to see Cody Rhodes leave in a way that he would never be able to look back on the first AEW show and enjoy it. And I apologize for that because you're my favorite vision-wise. But that's the same thing with my wanting Marty not to be part of the group. I want to see some diversity in how we do this because I don't want to see a click or an NWO. I want to see these guys on different paths. I don't mind knowing that they're together and they can pull from each other because that kind of gives them. There's nothing. Again, there's nothing. This is Hulk Hogan in the 80s who I did not like, but I. But look what he did. Mm. But when, when the baby faces can bully the heels and they got all the power and friends, it's not fun. But for me, since I'm always going to be cheering for the heels – like 80% of the time anyway, you know, it just builds my investment. And Cody, you, you want to see some of these smug bastards, even if you like them, get their leg kicked out from under them. Mm. You know, think about some of the things in the past. I don't know why, but Owen Hart kicking Brett's leg out from under him. Sure. That launched a phenomenal, God, phenomenal career. Oh, man, Owen Hart. You know, and so if you come in as the guy that Brandy warned Cody not to wrestle and Cody's laying in a heap and that repaired knee might not be repaired after what's done to him. And Brandy is pretty much telling us visually, this is exactly why I didn't want you to do this. That would be seizing the day. So my, my um, advice for Cody's opponent is don't be a big star from WWE and, you know, 
make Cody Rose regret the day there ever was a first AEW show. You will. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm done. No, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I agree. If this is just something, one of the worst things they can do for themselves is just make this a show where, yeah, they just, like, get wins and they're buddies and, like, you know, it's obnoxious. And I don't think we're headed down that road. But the temptation is surely there. Yeah. It's fun to win and it's fun to, like, be with your buddies <laughs> and be on top, you know, honestly. So, yeah, yeah. I want to see these guys um, go through tough hardships. I want to see them uh, on the defensive a lot. I want to see people come in and try to, like, rip this company out of their hands, not with, like, an invasion or, like, a general manager bullshit, but, like, physically, like, oh, you have this company. Well, what if I kill you? You know, what will you do then? Then I've made a big name for myself, and you'll be dead, you know, or you'll be broken in the ring or something, you know? So, yeah, have people step up to take these guys out. And that's, not, possibly, that's yeah. not to say I want them to be, like, the heroic and battle baby faces all the time, but, yeah, I don't know. Just have them face tough challenge after tough challenge. That's what I want to see. I think um, the Pac promo from uh, the the show, mm-hmm. last show we covered, is severely underrated. He came right at it. Like, I don't like anything about you guys. You make me sick. You're smug. You know. And why why would a mystery – if I'm a mystery opponent and I get to walk right into a match with Cody Rhodes on the first AEW show, man, like, opportunity is right there. And I just popped in my head, likely the next show, there could be a show in June. But what we know is there is a show in Florida – in July, perhaps could be the next show. It is um, uh, funds going to um, survivors of gun violence, and it's called Fight for the Fallen, mm. and gives it a whole different name if Cody Rhodes gets the shit kicked out of him and leaves with a knee that doesn't work anymore. So <laughs> Potentially so. Let's not forget Florida, the backyard of Dusty himself. So, yeah. yeah, there's history that you can build on there. I like the idea a lot. Yeah, if you get a shot at Cody Rhodes, the last thing – not the last thing, but, you know, something I don't want to see is someone to come in and say, oh, what a big honor that I have this yes. match. No, man, take your shot. You know, go after Cody as hard as you can, whoever you are. I don't even know who you are. It doesn't matter. Go, go, go. No no honor, no nothing, no happy to be here. Come on, yeah, be like Pac. Go out there and be like, I hate your stupid face and try <laughs> to break it. Oh, man, yes. that's exciting to me. I'm, I'm getting hyped up about that. Love it. Um, I do want to mention, yeah, one little bit of news and rumor that uh, that we could have mentioned. Um, bit of news, Roman Reigns, of course, coming back to WWE, cancer and remission. That's really good, you yes. know. Um, also, rumor is he's saying he's going to try to talk Dean Ambrose into staying with WWE. He's going to do everything he can to keep him around. So, I don't know. Could be a difference maker. Dean Ambrose has definitely been talked about in connection with AEW a lot. Um, now, I don't know. Who knows? Could be in jeopardy. Maybe it won't matter. It's interesting, though. It is. It's hard to say because I don't know if that would be doing AEW a favor or not because I don't know, you know? Yeah, he's one of the biggest question marks. He could be a huge benefit to them, and honestly, he could be a huge detriment to them. So I don't know what's better. Yeah, I do like that Roman Reigns reaching out. Maybe I, I, I haven't touched that story as much because if perchance all this just ends up with him in a WWE storyline, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to waste much, as much. I don't waste too much time. Because <laughs> no, I get it. There's something very gross about it. Like, you know, either leave the company or stay in the company, but don't 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 give us this for like half a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. So I, I get that. We'll see though, you know, time will tell. Um all right, cool. Well since I'm already excited about it, I'll talk about her at number three on my list, and that is Pac. Who yes. right now I feel like the narrative of Pac is very mixed. It depends on who you ask. Either he's a hero 
for leaving the WWE, for going out and being on his own, or he's a fool for not honoring his contract and not, you know, playing ball and, you know, it's never going to work out for him. So basically I think uh, hopefully this is an opportunity to make some of those second people shut the hell up um, because uh, I think they're ridiculous. Some people like that are just going to say it no matter what I think. But, yeah, I think he has the opportunity to really show people something. You know, like I've talked about before, um, when he first left WWE, it's like, oh, he's going to be in New Japan. He's going to go right to All In. He's going to do all these things. And, no, he went out to Dragon Gate, and he's done awesome work there. Uh, But people, I don't know how many people have seen that, you know, honestly, because people don't seek out Dragon Gate as much, which is too bad because it's a very fun promotion. But I get it. You know, you can't seek out all the wrestling so this is a chance to step back on a much bigger American stage and show, hey, I absolutely made the right choice. Look at what I'm doing. Look at how great I am. You know, look at the heights that I'm going to achieve now that I'm out doing what I love in a way that I love, in a way that's not, you know, making me unhappy, not crushing my spirit. So I think it's a huge opportunity for him, and I hope, yeah, he grabs it with both hands. The- I think what I got most from this list is how difficult it is to um, – there's a lot of people I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot yeah, of MJ- for everyone. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, Pac, MJF, Hangman, none of them are on my list, and I wanted them to be – this is it's a big opportunity because I know how people talked about him when he was in WWE. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't lose your talent because you're no longer in WWE. I've rarely seen that, maybe with a couple. Contrary but, to popular belief, yeah. Yeah, so you don't, get, you don't get to switch up the narrative like that. I never watched him that much, so when I, I thought it was absurd just because, like, oh, my God, so that's the standard now, but that was, <laughs> that was just judging off looking at him, you know, right. in which I'm very biased and I shouldn't be. But now I heard that promo and it changed everything. I was like, this man is grotesque in a way that, like, I wouldn't want to be in a room with him. I don't want him, like, cutting a promo on me. I think I would cry. So I think I, I, Hangman Page might cry. So I like that he left WWE. I like that he did not go straight to AEW like you talked about maybe last week. Is you know He did it his way. He went back to where he wanted to go, and now he's part of the company. And it's just he's such an alternative to – if you don't like the being the elite videos, you don't like these guys, you know, winking to their fans. You don't like all that. He just set himself up as this just this just piece of like stone that they're gonna cut themselves in half against, whether they like it or not. Uh, pages, <laughs> pages get you know, Page is trying to get in shape with that whole angle to face him. He's not trying to get in shape to face Page. Like he's been ready for this. He's been ready for this. They didn't see him coming. He he saw him he saw himself coming. He knew what he wanted to do. They didn't see it coming. And yeah, how do you go from? Are you just gonna be the guy who puts over one of the elite, or are you gonna make a name for yourself that you know I'm here for more than just my name value? Uh, come double or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Pac is really, I think, the best of both worlds right now because people, yeah, they they thought of him very well in WWE. Um, But, yeah, he's a guy who didn't run straight to AEW, and I think that's actually been a big benefit for him, Um, you know. uh, So it's great, yeah. It's just what I was talking about. You know, I want people to come after the elite in a way that is not like, oh, I'm so happy to be here. I want them to come after him in a way. I love what you said. Yeah, like you were going to cut yourself on me because I am like the, the, the sharp edge that is slicing through all of your, you know, clicky bullshit. So I I really like that idea. Um, 
And yeah, it's, it, I'm going to talk about this more when I talk about number one on my list, but wrestling is a little bit starved for characters right now. And Pac yeah. is such a character. And I think having that plus having all the physical abilities that like, you know, fans look for now, they want to be excited all the time during the match. And, you know, fair enough. He's just got a lot of tools to be really successful. I think he's going to jump all over it. I'm so curious. I don't hear them talk much about characters. I I don't give the comment sessions much credit because, you know, obviously. But several times when they've talked about being sports-centric and stuff, I've heard, like, some of the comments has been, it's not sports and athletics that, like, we're starred for. It's characters and, and like, old-school stories. So... Maybe that's just implicit in what they're doing, but that's not something that they just keep coming out and talking about. So, mm. you know, they won't keep me unless they do that. But yeah, and I think that they will. I think that they will. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, wrestling has never been more athletic than it is now. And that, that very much includes WWE, which is packed yes. to the gills with yes. the most athletically talented people that have ever been in wrestling, you know, and New Japan and everywhere you go, honestly, seriously, it's ridiculous now. Um, but yeah, a narrative, uh, a cohesive narrative is what wrestling is missing in a lot of places. And that, that's the places I'm attracted to. And that that's definitely what AEW needs. Um, they need to give me a narrative. They need to give me a legacy. They need to give me characters, reasons to care beyond just like, oh, two really strong or really fast guys are fighting each other. I can see that literally everywhere in the world. So, yeah, give me give me that a little bit more and I'll be so happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll do my three and my two together because they would really be repeats if I didn't. So coming in at three and two is Brandy Rhodes and the Young Bucks. So one narrative that I really, really don't like that I keep hearing from fans is you got all these guys and their friends, and that's cool, but they all got very different visions. So wait till somebody gets what they want and someone else doesn't, and egos and all this. And that's not, I think part of the reason I don't like it is because there's at least a little bit of percentage based on human nature and things that that could be a thing. And so interesting to me is that I know Brandy Rose is going to want the women's division to be that, not just wwf's wwe's women's revolution but something that's better and bigger and different in some way like i know that's what she's going to want the young bucks are on record saying tag team wrestling should main event shows and that they are going to bring back tag team wrestling and that's good but on this show none of them are the main event and it might be that being the main event is not necessarily being the last match it's just this is the best that it can be but the one thing that may not last forever, you can't just come out and say, I want this to be this way because it should be this way. You now have to go out there and prove that what you want is what it should be. And an interesting thing about Double or Nothing is that it's minimal storyline in that we're not going to have a show up before it show tonight the next night. We're going to be talking about the wrestling world at large. Who stole the show? Who put on the best matches? And it might be close. We might have a conversation. These six matches, who can judge between them? Right. Or it might be that one or two matches stood so far above the others that you better up your fucking game or just like give the field to those people. And so I think there's a lot of pressure on these matches, especially I'll say first the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. The Lucha Bros are not exclusive to AEW. So we won't know really till next year what's happening with them. So 
the Young Bucks have to now show us, and they'll get a lot of favor. I think no matter how they do the match, it'll be widely praised, especially from the Young Bucks fans. I might not like it because we've seen one match at least that they wrestled, and I didn't get anything from it. That that match in the crash is my least favorite Lucha Brothers match ever. So, yeah, I don't know. If it's going to be like that, then it's not going to be for me. But that is kind of the Young Bucks style to some extent. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's not like they wrestled that in WWE and they like that wrestle that match. Right. You know, what's to say that they want to wrestle it any differently than they did last time? True. Yeah, I I don't know. I I saw this. I think this is coming up on MLW, the uh, the Legacy Series. But, I mean, I don't want to see people – like, you mentioned this, I think – I don't want to see them do the same move at the same time to each other 15 times. I don't want to see them gesturing <laughs> to the crowd more than they're wrestling the match. Mm. The one thing that it has that will either make it be better or either make it more offensive is the fact this is a fucking feud now. So we didn't bring this up because I guess a lot's happening this week. It's been a busy week for me. but um, So we know the package pile driver happened right on that first show get the bucks out they didn't even walk out of their own accord thanks to pentagon dark pentagon jr penta zero blah 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 whatever yeah <laughs> but you know what the young bucks fired back the young bucks showed up at an indie show uh where where were they where were they i can't remember because i forgot this happened That's, uh, this week. aaw in illinois right in yes, the backyard they were. God, huh? yes i should have been there, been there. <laughs> but yeah they, they fired back and so this is a feud so, you and I already don't want to see a lot of the bullshit, a lot of the little gesturing. But if you're feuding with each other, there should be none of that at uh, AEW show. None of that. It's yeah. inexcusable yeah. for them to be like winking and smiling at each other when they're in a feud. And then with the women's division, what I hope, please God, let it be so. More than just great matches. Create a diversity of characters, yeah. a diversity of personalities, a diversity of sizes, a diversity of interest. Everybody doesn't have to be like, oh, I just want to carry the mantle. Like, I don't know what Smiley Riley's going to be. Is she going to be just like everyone else from the impression I got? She's not going to be. And then Aja Kong. Like, if I could, I went from... I don't really care that much about this this division unless they prove something to me because I am not necessarily a fan of some of the things. To I wish I could book this division because Aja Kong is in it. <laughs> yeah. So please, and it's the same thing with the, with the tag division. Give me diversity of styles, of wishes, of abilities. When two people are out there, I want to know who they are as human beings. So if they can do that, you know, then we got we got a wild card. We got everything up in the air because. Maybe they carry the show better. I don't know. Uh, my number one is a big question about uh, the main event, guys. So, you know, who says who can best carry this company right now? Nobody knows. But let it be more than your narrative. Let it be more than one good match. Like, really give us something we've never seen before. And that's the challenge on the table for these two crews because they both have put out big words. And I want to add to that, um, as far as who made events, let it be dictated by – by both the fans and by the performers and how well they do, you know, don't, please don't marry in your mind, like, oh, it's going to be this, you know, before anything has even happened. Um, and that's everyone running the show over there. Man, you know, if people like the women best, put the women on last. If you like the tag teams best, put the tag teams on last. If they like, uh, you know, the singles guys best, put them on last, you know, what, go, go with what's hot, go with what the people want to see, be in tune with the fans, 
You know, that, that's one of the claims that they're making that they're going to go by. You know, kind of that what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's good, and I hope they live up to that then, because I think that's that's the way to do it. You know, don't don't put in your minds like, oh, we got to put the women on last because they're women, or you got to put the tag teams on last because Nick and Matt want it that way. You know, all this stuff. You know, whatever. You know, what 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 do people want to see? Well, don't, it's not about what you want to see. You know, it is to some extent because you got the vision, you got to execute that. But man. Pay attention to what the people want to see, and, I, you know, how can you go wrong, I think? You know? That's what fresh ought to be, and that's their word, so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, you mentioned a lot of the people in charge. I'm going to mention one more for my number two, and that is Cody himself. Mm. I think he's another guy who has a very disputed narrative right now. You know, is he a genius? Is he a fraud? Mm. Is he in over his head? Is he a great mind but not a great wrestler? Yes, you know, there's a lot of stuff, I think, around Cody right now that people are not in agreement on. This is a chance for him to execute his vision in a way that he wants to and have a match with the person he wants to and to put it together kind of the way he wants. He's calling all the shots here. So if this goes well, you got to give so much credit to Cody. And if it doesn't, you got to look at Cody and say, well, what went wrong? You know, because you you were the one you can't point at anyone else now. Um, and I don't know how it's going to go. I really like Cody in and out of the ring. I think he's got a huge opportunity to do well, but if he doesn't, you know, he's going to have to look at that as well. Cause there are a lot of people, whether they like Cody or not as a wrestling mind, who are like, well, his matches are not really that exciting, you know? And I don't agree with that, but if that's what people see, then I don't know. So yeah, this is his chance to put together something that is going to, this is going to stand for who he is in AEW, you know, in his own company, in the company that I consider him to be the the literal figurehead of, more yeah. so than the Bucks, more so than Kenny Omega, more so than anybody, honestly. So, um, you know, this is his time to we, – we talked about with other people. It's for him as well. He's got to sink or swim right here, right now, because if it doesn't go well, that's going to be on his record forever in a big way. Man. I love that one. That might be my favorite on either of our lists because you can't understate how true that is. I get it too. I get it. I can look. I can watch him and think, "You are revolutionary. You are everything that I have been wanting for twenty years." And I can look at him and say, "Yeah, you're kind of average, and you don't really <laughs> appeal to me that much." And I do think that probably he would be better as a heel. So. He is try. It is his vision, but I think he's bringing coming from an inferior place. I don't usually like all the drama and excess in matches, but like even to have the match with Nick Aldis, you know, we you kind of had the match stop because he was so beat up. Um, and I I kind of liked it there, but it was again maybe evidence that the match itself could not do what live up to the build. Mm. So, what do you do about that? I don't think. I'm just some guy sitting here talking to my uh, podcast mic, so I'm not saying this as a judgment. I'm saying it more as a challenge and a hope. Can a Cody Rose match be the best match on Double or Nothing? I don't know. I don't know. In my mind, it can't be. It can't be? Oh, wow. I I think it could be, man. If they tell the right story, I don't care what they're doing athletically, man. That match could blow. That, That could take me away with the right opponent, with the right story, if it is the kind of thing that we've been talking about, man, I think that could be the most compelling thing on the show. Can you imagine somebody comes in, somebody dangerous, 
somebody that we're excited about, we're invested in, or somebody that we get excited about and get invested in as we learn about them. And he goes after Cody's knee and he says, this is going to be your last day on earth. I'm going to put you out on the first day of your own company. And they work a match that actually is built around that, that lives up to that compelling story. Man, I don't know. It could happen. Anything could happen. Uh, I wouldn't I, I maybe lay odds on him being the best on the show, but man, I won't count him out. No way. I agree that it could possibly be for me, but I'm, I'm just wondering out loud and it still could be yes, but when that show is over, and let's say we go to the CF forums mm. or we go just to popular opinion online, is the majority of fans going to be saying the best match on the card was Cody's? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Probably not. You know, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely you know, but, right. But I would like to see that happen sometimes, though. Oh, man. You know, cool. I love because it. Because like, is he always going to be inferior to the Bucks, to Omega? I don't I don't know the answer to that. I think I think probably there's a lot of people that want to see him fail, to be quite honest. Sure. Yeah. No, I think the same. <laughs> I like your figurehead comment because I he's gonna take he's taking heat that the other guys are not gonna take. You know Kenny Omega people probably didn't like it because he didn't go to WWE, but because he didn't, they were quickly just well, it was never that good anyway. He didn't want to be on a big stage; he couldn't handle it. Blah blah blah. The Bucks, you know, you can say a lot of things to dismiss the Bucks, but I think Cody irritates them a little bit because Cody was in WWE and Cody left WWE and Cody's the son of Dusty Rose and Cody also accidentally said that he wants to cut Vince McMahon's head off. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and just the same, like uh, Omega and the Bucks, you know, they built their name in uh, New Japan and other Japanese companies, yep. in, in PWG and Ring of Honor and all these different places. You know, they, they the perception is they've done the hard work. And I remember there was, there was uh, definitely some pushback against Cody when he left the WWE because he went out and he kind of just started winning a lot of matches and in independent promotions over guys who spent a lot of time working hard there. And people, a lot of people didn't like that. You know, it's like, oh, this is just happening just because you're Cody Rhodes, because your father was, because of the company you came from. You know, you didn't earn it like other people. I think that narrative, while it hasn't been mentioned as much recently, is always going to be hanging over his head, and it's going to be really hard to banish that. Yeah, I agree. I do like what you said, though. If they could have that compelling storyline, and then Cody comes to, to fight for the Fallen, Wanting, let's have a, a bunkhouse, bull rope, Dusty Rose boot on the rope, and let's just, like, I'm getting my revenge. Like, you know, the one thing, I, I don't know that these, this man can can have the best match, again, in popular opinion, but can he have the most compelling story? Can you care the most about it? That could happen easily, but I do think he's got to be vulnerable. He's got to do something. He's got to go a completely different route than his buddies to get to where they kind of already are accepted. So it's a journey. It's a giant question mark that could be flipped to an exclamation point, and we will see as time goes on. Absolutely. So uh, whose turn is it? Is it my number one or your number one? Did you skip your number three? My number three was Pac. Okay. That's right. Okay. Okay. You're good. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and get my number one out of the way because I don't really halfway care about it. So. Oh my. Okay. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> it's important, but right, the part that I, that I don't necessarily care about it is part of the problem. Okay, so number one, I just want to talk about Kenny Omega. Uh. I don't know what to make of this man because I did not follow him. He was partly the reason I didn't follow New Japan when I almost started to because uh, some of the main event guys were on their way out and he was on his way up and it wasn't a judgment against him. It was just. I saw him one time and I wasn't really compelled by him, so I'm not going to like change my whole lifestyle to follow this. Mm. 
And I don't know what Kenny Omega means to pro wrestling. Is he the best in the world? As Jericho said, is he a draw? I don't know if he's a draw. One question I keep asking myself. If instead of Omega versus Jericho, just the world fell upside down and AEW announced we've lost Kenny Omega. He is going to WWE, but AJ Styles did not renew his contract and it will be AJ Styles versus Chris Jericho. What changes? Is the match worse? Is the draw less? And I, I'm not asking these. They're not rhetorical questions. They're honest questions. I, I have no idea what the answer is. Is Kenny Omega a better wrestler than AJ Styles? Is Kenny Omega a bigger draw than AJ Styles? And if he's not those things, what the hell is he? Because he was the biggest free agent is how we were sold. And I do have a feeling if he assigned with WWE, there would still be news to this day. It would be blowing up. But he kind of just disappeared. Once he signed with AEW, like, I hear the least about him online as far as from, like, news sites. So there's a lot of pressure on Jericho. I think Jericho's so such a pro and so set in his life. If he signed a big money deal and he didn't do anything to, like, change AEW, he'd be like, oh, well, sure did try, and now I got this concert coming up. Kenny Omega has his legacy on the line. Until he goes to WWE at 39 for a much less contract and starts at NXT if this doesn't work out. <laughs> it is kind of on his shoulders. He's hyped in a way that's different than the rest of these folks. And this is why I didn't talk so much about this in the women's division and tag because I do agree with Miz fan. Like, let whoever's hot be that in that place. But right now, in this moment, we gave it to Kenny Omega. More than Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is a bridge, according to Chris Jericho. Kenny Omega is why you built the bridge so people can stand on that fucking bridge and see what we're doing. And what we're doing is mainly even Kenny, Kenny Omega. So, does Omega seize the day? Do we leave double or nothing saying, even though it might have been taken for granted, the biggest thing AEW did was sign the biggest free agent and their main event guy, Kenny Omega? Because what? He's the best match on the show? Because Jericho Omega was easily the best match on the show. And because we got pay-per-view numbers that were different. Because Kenny Omega's in the company. Or is he just another nice piece? But he's not really going to make a difference. And I don't even have 1% of a thought of which one of those is true. But I think it matters a lot. And I think that if these guys ethically, with the money they've been given, the hype they've been given, they should feel some pressure to make this happen at this show. Or it should be a little bit of a problem. Well, um, your questions are tough to answer for me because there's what I think and then there's what I think uh, everyone else thinks. Um, For me, yeah, no, I'm kind of with you. Kenny Omega is not that compelling to me. I have definitely seen him have great matches, but I don't think he is just like... Uh, I, one of his nicknames is what? I like the best bout machine or something, which is annoying in and of itself and not necessarily true, uh, in my opinion. I know, I hear your side. Um, but uh, I don't think you can um, overstate, though, how important Kenny Omega actually is to all of this. And uh, I do think it's well-deserved. Uh, I would say, make no mistake, that Madison Square Garden sold out 
on the implicit promise that Kenny Omega would be there. And I truly believe that that was the difference maker. And that's why I'm worried about that show now that he's not going to be there. Um, you can look across the Ring of Honor shows when he was in and out. And you can see like a noticeable difference from when he is here and when he is not. So he is definitely an American draw, at least to a certain kind of fan. And I think it's a lot of the same fans. They're going to be wanting to follow AEW. So I think that that is going to be a difference maker. Um, and people do think he's the best wrestler in the world. The doc has been running a little tournament about who's the best wrestler in the world. I just pulled up the results right now. Kenny Omega far and away leading the pack. Yeah. Ahead of the next seven people are all WWE signees. Um, he's comfortably ahead of number two, Seth Rollins. He's ahead of Johnny Gargano, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Tommaso Ciampa, Ricochet, Finn Balor, New Japan guys like Okada, Tanahashi, Ibushi, all these people, you know, he's far ahead, honestly. So people do think, and it might not be the style that you and I like the most, but people, I think, by and large, believe Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. His matches excite them. He's got those ridiculous, you know, five-plus star matches from Meltzer. He's got people, a lot of people saying, yes, we agree with that. It was so good, it broke the scale, you know? So people... Think of him this way, and whether you and I get it or not, I think it's easy to sit from where we are, from what we want to see, and be like, Kenny Omega, is he really a big deal? But I think, honestly, he really, truly is. And if he did go off to WWE, is replaced by AJ Styles, I'm sure people would still be buzzing, because that would be a huge change-up. But I think, in the long run, it wouldn't do them any favors, because it's a big statement to lose Kenny Omega, who's not only this big star, but he's your friend, too, and your own friend left you. And that's part of it, too. So, I don't know. There's a lot wrapped up in Kenny Omega being there. And I think the closer we get, the more people are going to buzz more about him. And I could be wrong. And like I said, maybe someday people will recognize all the things I do about Kenny Omega and be like, oh, what were we thinking, you know? But honestly, right now, he is the biggest uh, star that they have. And I think he's going to make a big difference for him. Yeah. Um, in this moment, I don't care what we think. This is... One scenario where I would rather be wrong and have to deal with him, but because he needs to matter for AEW. And two things popped in my head. Number one, shout out to the doc, because again, here I am wondering about something and he's already figured it out. So that's a hell of a list. Rollins is bigged up by a lot of people. Daniel Bryan is a saint. You know, there's a lot of great New Japan stars and for him to be comfortably ahead of everyone shows that uh, Omega, you know, he's got that backing. So two things then came to my mind when you were talking. A concern and then just something to note. So maybe it's AEW in a way. And maybe they don't want to go too big because it's still early. But maybe whether I like it or not, I'm underwhelmed by how they set up Omega. Whether it's how they set up Jericho Omega or Jericho Omega, period. Because one thing that I do feel like is that I feel New Japan Pro Wrestling's loss that they didn't get him. And I feel WWE's loss, even, that they didn't get him. I don't necessarily feel AEW's gain. So I wonder if there would have been a better way to set up him coming or if because they never worried about him coming and he's their friend. They didn't really promote it like they could have. But to me, it's just been underwhelming that he just showed up and then Jericho just showed up and they threw hands a little bit. And now I don't, I don't really hear from him. Uh, maybe it's a long game, but like I'm not impressed by the way they brought him in. And then the other thing is Omega's temperament. 
So I got to get to know him better because he feels a little bit like someone who just lets a lot roll off his back. You know, he he's always got the video games to go back to, so you know that might be good enough. I want to see that. I want to see that dude get serious about. Like Hulk Hogan is is an example of this. Like I'm not the biggest Hulk Hogan fan, but I feel like, and still he got older and just like you know really like held companies up for you know nothing in return. <laughs> like when his name was actually on the line, I do feel like he tried to make sure that things things popped. And I'd like to see a little bit of that from Omega. But yeah, maybe my question, my bigger question is, how has, how has AEW handled him so far? And did they capitalize on the fact that they signed the biggest free agent in the world? Mm, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. And it may be something where they might have to deal with the fact if Kenny Omega gets exposed. Because I don't think he is exciting as a character, honestly. You know, mm. like he's got like a lot of cute video game references and all this stuff. And, you know, he makes a lot of faces in the ring. And, you know, I, I don't know. Some people think he's a great storyteller. But, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any, like, really good Kenny Omega promos. I can't think personally of, like, good Kenny Omega character arcs. Like, he was part of the whole Bullet Club is fine. But, man, as a character, he felt so tertiary to all that. Like, it was so Cody driving that first and foremost. And then the Bucks were, like, following along. And then Kenny Omega... Like, he was there, but, you know, I don't know. What did he do in that storyline that was compelling compared to everyone else? I don't know, you know. Um, so, yeah, if his character is just a guy that makes video game references and has, like, really epic-style matches, can that sustain at the top of a promotion? You know, mm -hmm. will he stay as popular and as beloved as he has been? I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe that's what people want. But, uh, I don't know. It's not what I want, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll have to see. What comes of that? I I admit to being old fashioned and out of fashion a lot on this show, but I am not willing to say that you don't have to matter as a character and personality for the long term. So hopefully they'll they'll play him right and they'll find that way. But yeah, I don't know. I want to see it because other people have talked about it. Like uh, Sir Sam, um, who writes on the yes. MP, who's a great guy. He's written a lot about like the greatest stories of 2018, and I believe. Omega was one of those stories, and he, he talked glowingly, you know, of that whole character arc. And he talked about it in terms of character, and I didn't quite see it the same way he did. But that doesn't mean I can't see it, so yes. show me, you know, just show me. I want to see it in a way that clicks with me. And, uh, you know, if I can see that, it's going to be so much the better for everybody. And these guys deserve pressure. Like, if you're a fan of the show, you want the best. And like you were saying, this, this is why I didn't go into it, and you jumped right on it and said it, because it was the right thing that should have been said next. Put the folks that earn it at the top. I don't, I don't care if it changes from week to week or month to month. You know, Then I'm not talking about title switches, but I'm talking about if there's a feud and it's in the women's division, it's the hottest thing, let them main event the show. If it's a tag team division, if it's not a title match. But if it's going to be Kenny Omega is, is partly our savior, he's the hottest this and the hottest that. I want to see him be better than everybody else around him. And there's nothing wrong with holding people um, accountable according to what um, hype and status they've been given. So yeah. we will do both on this show. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I yeah, I just hope they invest all they've got because they've set up these divisions. They've divided them. Like, you guys are here, you they guys have. are here, you guys are here. Great. We, you know, everyone do your best in that division. And, yeah, I would just hate to see, like we've seen so many times, uh, some of these divisions just get thrown by the wayside almost immediately. And I don't think that will happen because, like you pointed out, we've got Brandy, we've got the Young Bucks, we've got people who are invested in making these divisions as great as they can be. And that that's very exciting. I like that a lot. 
The only problem is who's looking out for our TV champion, MJF. <laughs> Somebody, somewhere, has got to be looking out for uh, Maybe that'll be Cody's vision. Um, maybe so. In the end, you know. Um, funny you should mention him, because that actually is my number one. Wow. I think MJF has the number one opportunity to, to seize the day here, and I'll give you exactly one reason, and I've already said it. I think wrestling is starved for great characters, and I think he is the greatest character person that AEW has brought on. I think he is poised to break out as a big star. And, uh, yeah, that, I think he's got every opportunity to make it happen. I think he could be the, the, the heart of the character driven stuff in AEW. Um, and I think I just can't wait to see what he does. I'm really, really excited about it. God, that makes me happy. Cause he is. This is the Cody Rose branch, whether it's official or not. Right. Yeah, you know, this is early 1990s. You can just plot it all out. We made him a TV champion. Now we're going to make you U.S. champion. Okay, no, we're going to put you with his tag partner. Oh, what, you're pissed off because you were supposed to be U.S. champion? Oh, wait, now you're killing it in the tag division, so we'll make you U.S. champion after all. Now we'll make you – oh, never mind. Hulk Hogan's here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, MJF, man, this is old school shit. This is a man who is in character wherever he goes. Tony Schiavone – the best broadcaster in the business, of course, from MLW. Tony with the beard says that when he sees MJF, it makes him worry about his 401k. <laughs> you know, that's a hell of a statement. Like, just someone's presence makes you worry about something in your personal life. Mm -hmm. That's a big character statement. And this is a guy who I will be shocked if he does not follow the path we're talking about. Hell, the man's got money. You know, if you really wanted to do something, let him be... Let him be TV champion or whatever that belt is for a long time. And then a year and a half, two years from now, when he's really ready to excel, just be like, oh, yeah, you know, Cody, remember when you wrestled that mystery guy? Um, I know we, we've been – you made me steaks at your house, and we've been friends for a while. And But when you wrestled that mystery guy, he put you out and ruined that show. And then, you know, all summer long when you couldn't get the best of him and you were humiliated and hurt and you don't have the narrative that you'll ever have that your friends have. Oh, I, I paid him to do that. <laughs> I don't like you. I, I, just, I, I don't like you, and I don't want you clogging up the, my path to the championship. Boom! You know? Anything can happen. MJF, he's old school. This is, my, this is the part I can talk comfortably about because it's what I grew up in. I would never put him on number one on my list because I was being way too literal to what the company was doing. So I'm thankful that you did. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it there. The dude in the battle royal. The dude who might win it, but may not win it. Man, yeah. I hope he wins it. I really do. I didn't even know he was in the Battle Royal. I, almost I don't think he is. I don't know why I said that. Okay, good. You know, I think he deserves a higher spot than that. But, yeah, I think more than anybody, he's got a chance to go from a guy that people don't really know well to a guy that people are like, I got to see this guy again. You know, wow, I got to watch this show because MJF is on it. I've discovered this great new talent. I think he is better poised than anyone to make that change to his narrative, to become known to everybody, to be a guy that people seek out. Um, so, yeah, I want to see it happen. I'm excited. God bless. You know, Carpe Diem. Seize the day, MJF. It's your time. Seize the day, man. Can't you just see him? Defending against Dustin Rhodes in 1991 and, like, getting the 15-minute time limit draw or so throwing him over the easily. top. Oh, man, yeah. It would be a beautiful thing. <laughs> Speaking of, I just want to say this really quick, and I love Dustin. Great career. But there are some people who want the mystery opponent to be Dustin Rhodes. <laughs>
Yeah, no, no, not for me. Yeah, please don't, please don't. I also okay, love well, Dustin, but yeah, I don't know. It's probably not. No, it's just not the best. <laughs> why would he be doing that? Like, God, for God's sake. Every brother and tag partner could start feuding. Like, that, that's a given. Doesn't mean they have to. <laughs> thank God the Young Bucks are... I'm, I've never said this before, but thank God for the Young Bucks, because I don't think they'll ever do that, and I don't think they really care about pushing that kind of story. So, yeah. 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 Okay. I like that. For number one, that is the future. And that's part of wrestling, man. You got, like... My mine was Kenny Omega, who's placed on top right now, and can he does he deserve it, and will he will he rise to that occasion? Yours is the guy who who we want to see is that next guy up, the guy that earns his way up. So like, you know, earn it or or get or get beat by the next guy. The future could be right now, but yeah, man, this is all about seizing the day. The more I got into that list, it's good booking and it's an early company, but everybody's got something on the line, and anyone could be the surprise of the night. Absolutely, yeah. I'm very excited for the show. They're building it up really well. I am very excited for the Convince Me segment that we have now. Oh, I'm excited too. As I mentioned, we are talking about Shima, one of the uh, kind of founding people of Dragon Gate and the whole uh, style there, which is unique to anything in the world. Um, a combination is called Lucha Resu because there's a combination of Lucha Libre, Puro Resu, uh, left the company kind of unexpectedly last year, branched out doing stuff uh, with OWE in China, creating this uh, little unit called Strong Hearts, which is running through a lot of different places in Japan and now is going to be coming to America. So, yeah, I got two matches up for you. I want to hear your thoughts about them. I have no idea what you might think of these matches, so I'm very curious about it. So so tell, tell us what you think. Okay, so there's a lot to sort through because there is – the wrestler himself, mm -hmm. but there's also the company and style because what we're being promised is that every, these guys that come in are going to we're going to see a kind of wrestling we've never seen before. I don't know if I saw that in these matches. I don't know if I saw a style I've never seen before. Um, so I, I can't go there. What I can say is that we watched an eight-man tag and one one-on-one -on -one match, and for me at least, for this day. There was one guy who I preferred well above everyone else, and it's the man who we're focusing on. All right. I like it. I like it. The two matches, uh, for anyone who wants to follow along at home, I was able to find these on Daily Motion, so you don't have to sign up for DDT Universe. Uh, first one we watch is Chima versus, I'm sorry, now I'm having a, a global revolution moment because I never know if I'm pronouncing these names correctly, but yeah. here we go. It's uh, Kanosuke Takashida. That's from uh, October 21st in DDT. And then uh, the eight-man tag is the uh, Strongheart Stable, or at least uh, four members of Ichima, teaming with El Lindemann and T-Hawk, who are uh, holdovers from Dragon Gate, and Duan Yingnan, who I believe is uh, from OWE itself, taking on the uh, stable coincidentally called All Out, which I don't think has yeah. any revelation to, uh, to what Cody and the Bucks are doing, but uh, it is a kind of a funny coincidence. On that side is Akito, Kanosuke Takashita again showing up, Shuma Katsumata and Yuki Ino, and that's from uh, September 25th, also DDT. So that's all the names out of the way. Um, I'm really glad that you you liked Shima. I've uh, I've liked the guy myself. I didn't know what you would think of him, um, but yeah, tell us some more thoughts. I want to hear all about it. It's interesting. Uh, his opponent uh, um, to me represents a lot of what I could see from indie wrestling and possibly from a lot of AEW. Like he was a guy who definitely could hit those big spots. Uh, he took it to the floor, took it to the ramp. It's not as uh, Shima can't do that, but 
Oh, guys, the little things I appreciate. This is this man is precise. Mm, yeah, he is precise. So number one, it started well at the beginning because I knew they were going to get to rocking. I knew they were going to do that, but they they were filling each other out first. There was holds. There was chain wrestling. And even when they started to bounce off the ropes and you know get their kicks in, get their jumps in, it seems like almost every time they did that, it started with either a wrestling hold or a takedown and then that. Mm. Whereas one thing that really irritates me, and I noted it somewhere, it might be the main event of Fusion, but the third move in the match um, is a suicide dive. <laughs> like You haven't done anything to your opponent. Like, he's wide awake. And yet he's, he can't get out of the way of a suicide dive. Like, what have you done to earn that? And this match, they did things to earn it. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, this guy's. Okay, I have seen something. Not from the style, but from this one dude I've seen things I've never seen before. Because there were a lot of leg locks. Yeah. And they were yeah. good, good leg locks. I, I wanted to try to explain some of them so I could figure out what they were called. But, you know, it was, it was hard to even write them down in time and explain what was going on. <laughs> but... I loved, and that we talked a little bit about. There's a lot of outside interference, so like there's a long conversation where the referee is like planning his night, I guess, or planning his week <laughs> or his month, while like uh, a chair is used, a turnbuckle padding, and all yep. of that. Yep. And fair enough, I think I might get tired of that in the long run. But the thing that I honestly saw after that, he started he, after he used all the weapons and started putting on leg locks. I was more impressed with the leg locks, more afraid of them. They did more damage than they stood out to me. Like yep. the the brutality of the chair did not look as brutal as the leg locks. And I wish somebody would, somebody would uh, convey that message because <laughs> God, this dude, I don't know how to explain it um, fully. Who was it? Was it, was it, I think it was the um, Aja Kong match where, yeah, I think when she used her bucket, when she yeah. was stuck in the corner, she used it on the very specific spot of the leg yep. she was working over, or the elbow. What was it? Leg, I think. Leg, yeah, the yeah. leg. And that's what this guy does, too. He does what he does on purpose. He does it precisely. Um, his knees, like, he does the... He, he had one spot where he had the guy sitting on his butt, and he, like, did the knees, the springboard knees to his chest, mm. and just took his momentum to the other side, springboard out the other side, kneed him in the back. Uh, his submissions, like, I loved... Was this the match that they went to the ramp, and so he was thrown on the ramp, and so he's vulnerable. And this is like, oh, let's have a spot over here. And before you know it, like, you're getting Matt wrestled over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like, God, I, everything he was doing, I was like, you please, do more of that. What word did I write down? Exactness is what I wrote down. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, I think that's um, kind of the benefit here, because, yeah, you can, there's a lot of high-flying stuff in Dragon Gate. Um but um, what makes it a unique style is, yeah, I think it blends so well with some striking, with a lot of mat work, with a lot of different stuff. And it does uh, – it applies that all in a way that, yeah, I think really works well. And that I'm, you've articulated it better probably than I even would have. So that's why I love getting your fresh thoughts on matches like this. It was the same thing with Dave. Man, he wouldn't be in the match and he would come in and just do one thing really quick and be so – targeted and then he's out of the way again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and i gotta say between the two i don't know about you but i actually like the eight man uh more because i think this style um it can be so quick but also like you said so exact and i think it can blend so well to a uh, a multi-man environment and that's why i'm actually really excited that it's a six-man tag at um 
Double or Nothing. I think that's going to be such a great fit. Uh, I, I, this is one thing I think they did right to put them with um SCU. I think is because again, this is low. This could low key steal the show. Absolutely. And then, yeah. then what yeah. do you leave saying? You know. Mm-hmm. So maybe the six. Who, who's repping the six man tag titles? Yeah, you know? yeah. If such a thing exists, you know, it could be could be very cool. Uh, I I would like the idea. I just love like I love the potential of this. And then that to me. Um, Christopher Daniels, man, like you're up next. Like you need you need to step it up because you need to be like he needs to be that smart guy on his team because sure as hell is not gonna be uh, Kazarian, <laughs> you know. But there's gonna be more if it's if it's what I saw. It's not. It's gonna be more. You guys are gonna, they're gonna do a lot of stuff to each other that you would expect. But you know, if they don't match wit for wit, you know, the advantage is gonna be that exactness. So the vets are gonna have to rep their team and not just. Not just be part of that young team, but they're gonna have to be the vets to stand above it at the same time. Right, right. I mean, I forgot about that match, but like, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna be great. That's the, that's the strength of the card. You kind of you get thinking about one match, then you forget about another match. It's oh, it's a different kind of match entirely, but it's gonna be yes. great in a way that you're not thinking about. So yeah, capturing that all-in spirit of like it's kind of something for everyone, and it's all good in different ways, and that's a very um, WCW like prime years thing I think it uh, is. that they can tap into I like it a lot that's why I have a line where I'm not going to be judgmental if we get all things I'm only going to be judgmental if they if they dominate and it's also why I'm so glad Joey Ryan was part of All In sure because I kind of got introduced to it on that night okay like if if they hadn't had that on All In and now they're bringing in Joey Ryan that would be hard for me <laughs> but you know I got introduced to this is going to be part of the show, so either like accept it or don't watch the show. Right. But like you said, I also got Kenny Omega and Pentagon, and I got that uh, tag match to end the show, and I got this. We got the storied NWA title match. So you know you got a lot of things, and you're it's the same thing again. You look at this card. I don't know if one match, if any one match looks like another, and that's so good. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. And, oh God, I'm not saying this. I really do hope by having divisions, there might be matches and there should be matches that transcend the division that it's in. But also, could you have something where this is the best? Like every time I watch this, I know what the best. Like it's the MJF thing. If there was a, a TV title or equivalent, I know what the best in that division is going to look like. It might surprise me in ways, but I know what the style in a way is going to look like. And so. I really want to see four or five different styles that I can rely on. Right. You know, sometimes I love the cruiserweight division, WCW, and sometimes I wasn't that into it. Depends on who was like repping the division, but never did I not want it to be there. Right. I think it suffered that the TV title kind of disappeared. It was never that much on the big show. I think it should have got some attention on nitro. Um, U S titles again. And this is what happens. I think the U S title, they let it go flat but it used to be a title that really had a specific personality. Sure. So let this happen. Don't get lazy with the divisions. And maybe I hope there is something like Brandy. Is Brandy, you want this division to be the best? You got to make sure it stays the best. Bucks, you want the tag division? And let everyone have that responsibility so that nothing's getting overlooked. And then if there's something that doesn't matter but it's on the show, like Joey Ryan, let Billy Gunn. Let that be Billy Gunn's area. Hey, I love Billy Gunn. Let's, <laughs> I let's love be Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I'm done talking. <laughs> okay.
Okay, so let's hear some of your thoughts because, like, they, man, it's hard for me because, you know, I don't know anybody. So maybe you had some thoughts that, you know, I haven't covered. Uh, on the matches? No, I think you, you went over them pretty well. Um, as always, I encourage people to go out, seek out these matches for yourself, watch some Chima, uh, develop your own thoughts about it. I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, like I said, I particularly like the eight-man tag uh, between the three partners Chima brought in. There's a good chance two of those three, I think, will be the ones that double or nothing, but I also don't know for sure because I don't know how extensive Chima's connections are and if he has more people to draw on. I don't even know myself. You know, it's kind of a new, exciting thing. So uh, really glad you liked him. You know, I, I really had no idea which way you were going to go with this guy, but uh, it's always nice when you are convinced. So um, it's a good stuff. going to be interesting what happens next week because we, we, we had a couple of really good weeks back-to-back. Yeah, we did. We did. It'll all fall apart at some point, so yeah, we'll time see. To burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any any final AEW thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. Like I said, okay. I think they're doing a good job building up the show. We're just going to have to wait and see what may happen in the next week. <laughs> Excellent. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to MLW Fusion, the Legacy Series, Episode 4. We're going to see a lot of the familiar faces that we saw last week. Uh, we come on with a Jimmy Havoc promo that we've seen before. He says that all this is fun for him. Uh, Joey Janela, I think we bring out the best in each other and the worst. And again, talks about he's going to lick the blood off of Joey Janela. Mm. Still weird. <laughs> yeah. We get Shane Strickland walking into the building. He's often walking from one place to another. It's one of his talents, and we saw it on display to start the show. <laughs> then we get the match. That we did not get last week. Filthy Tom Lawler, one-on-one with ACH. Yep, we also hear a promo from ACH about how nice he is and how shocked he is that martial artists wouldn't be respectful. And he calls them mixed mm-hmm. martial asshats, which is not nice or respectful. That's so, not. yeah, what are you doing, ACH? Narrative versus lived experience. I try to teach my students a lot of times that the narrative we have of ourselves is very far from our actual lived experience, but it's only to tell ACH as well because he sounded a little bit like that great dark villain, Sammy Callahan, with those cutting remarks that he made. <laughs> I can't go that far. That's too that's too disrespectful. But um, what, what was interesting to me is that Tony Schiavone had to explain to Rich Pacini that ACH was being billed from some planet on Dragon Ball Z. I would have thought that would be the other way around, that they would that it would have to be explained. So Yeah, Rich, Rich seems like he was raised in like a really strict fundamentalist home, and he didn't see the world for a long time. Are you and he, projecting, possibly? Or? I don't know. He just seems, the world seems very small to him. And yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Whereas like Tony, he gets, he's probably from that planet on Dragon yeah. Ball Z, so I guess it makes sense he would know it. Oh, yeah, like I was there last week. What do you think? <laughs> Planet Shivani. Rich gets corrected a lot by Tony, and then like, and it's not, it's something that's not like a deep intellectual conversation. It just turns out that Rich is completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, there was there was one or two in this show. If I don't know if I noted them or not, but like, um, it's also the this is not the one I'm thinking about. This is the one though that Rich gets deeply offended by uh, MJF style, and um, Tony's like, yeah, you know what? Um, wrestlers should want to go for it, and, you know, doing stuff to hurt your opponent, that's pro wrestling. <laughs> mm-hmm. It feels sometimes like Rich Pacini is very much, he's like, you know, he's a modern commentator, you know, like we've talked about, and he's kind of got 
got the rhythms and the styles and like he says things in the way that like kind of maybe anybody else would say from that same set of people. Was he in the WWE at one point? I think he might have been. Um, so I don't know. He's picked up some stuff from there. But Tony, yeah, he's coming, you know, literally and figuratively from a different planet and we're just like a totally different mindset and he's calling things in a different way that you don't hear from other people. It's really interesting dynamic. I, I, I like it quite a bit. Yeah. They break down. Well, Tony specifically breaks down uh, what needs to happen. Strategy, which is familiar to MLW Fusion. He says that ACH needs to stick and move and stay away from the uh, grappler in uh, Tom Lawler. What I really got out of this match, and it's something I suspected before, but it's kind of confirmed here. I want Tom Lawler in AEW. I want this man to be signed uh, next week, if possible, you know, just as soon as possible, because I thought he looked really good in this match. It's the thing, my favorite thing in this match is something that, like, so few people would be able to do. At one point, Tom Lawler slaps on a front face lock, and he makes it look so good that I was like, is, is he going to win with this front face lock? Like, mm. he was doing it so well that I believe that he could win with that move. I don't know. Like, um, I think he's got star potential. He's got that MMA crossover thing that a lot of people like. I think it works pretty well when it's done well, and I think he does it pretty well. Um, he's got some character. He's clearly got some understanding of pro wrestling, and he just seems to be really good in the ring, and I don't see a downside to him, honestly. I want Tom Lawler in AEW. I think, too, the announcers helped. Like, I've never heard this conversation before, but Tony, when he had the front face lock on and other times, they were talking about how hard it is for a referee to know if it's a choke or not. Yeah, yeah, what an old school thing. <laughs> yeah, and then I, and I got to thinking about that. Like, that would be very difficult. And so, and then Lawler is purposely keeping, like, the lock away from the referee so yeah. the referee can't tell. And the referee needs to do his job and hold up the arm so he can't just be like, you know, change the direction of your hold so I can look at this, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of stuff really, that helps this kind of style. I also liked, I'm not as sold on Tom Lawler. I'm just meeting him. But what I did like is two times, uh, he just kind of puts himself on his back and so like yeah. at, the, at the mercy of ACH, but he knows... If you come here and approach me, even from offense, I'm going to lock you up. And so yeah. there's something arrogant and hilly about that, but there's also something dangerous about that. So that how do you approach this guy if he can if he can if he can willingly put himself in a defensive spot so that he can put you in a lock? Like what do you do? Like what do you do to beat this guy? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You can do all that, and he's not afraid to uh, kind of look to be on the back foot. Also, you know, to, yeah. he's not so. He doesn't think he's so great that he can't, like, show off that the other guy is good, too. I thought this was ACH's best performance, uh, even though I don't really love the guy. But against a heel, I'm like, okay, I get it a little more now that people might get behind you. They might want you to win when someone is, like, treating you so badly like this. And um, there's a great moment where Tom Lawyer's doing all this technical stuff. He's, like, bristling circles, literally, around ACH. But then ACH goes, like, a counter, and he throws, like, Lawler on the back foot. And suddenly he's like, oh, what is this? that's illegal technique. Like, he can't, you know, he can't fight back. And he, he kind of breaks down for a minute there. And I, I don't know. It was a, some cool yeah. stuff, I thought. I like seeing, too, ACH, if he would pop loose out of a headlock, then he he would go from popping loose on the mat to, like, being in the air and splashing or kicking you know, without even jumping, he would just be like, oh, right out of the hole into the sky. And so you yeah. really got clear 
what both of these styles were, and it was nice to have two wrestlers wrestling who didn't have the same style. Very nice, yeah. That <laughs> that, that helped a lot, I think. Um, this um, was a better match than I think we've seen since week one, and it wasn't actually even my favorite on the show, so that I was very pleased with it. Yeah, I agree. And it ends with storyline because uh, Lawler's got that bad arm, that cast, that rod, and um, yep, he's got that steel plate in his forearm. Yeah. Oh no, way, I'm sorry, it's a titanium rod. Um, yeah, it's, it's not quite the Lex Luger, but it is. But it's it's yeah. all good. It was fun. I really liked it. I like that too. The very thing that kept him from wrestling last week is what won him the match. So he gets the forearm, and that's kind of what knocked him out. But because of his style and what we're putting forth, he puts on a, a lock, and so. In his mind, what he presented was, I, I knocked you out, I tap, I beat you with this lock, but actually it was the move before that that did it. Yeah, yeah, I, I like stuff like that. I think it's very cool. Man, this is off topic. I want to see if you share this memory. I have this super strong memory. I walked through this stuff for the Heenan series when they were doing the, the steel plate thing with Luger, of them, like, zooming in the camera on his forearm so you could actually see, like, the little, like, like pressing out from under his skin, like mm-hmm. the little metal parts or whatever that man that freaked me out do you, do you have any memory of that of them doing that i absolutely remember that <laughs> okay uh, all right. we'll talk about it again if we if and when we do wwf the legacy series okay, but i had to share that with me because that like grossed me out but also like i i was mesmerized by that so uh, it was tra- i told you before it was traumatic for me because i know my older yeah. brother my older brother seven years older hated luger at that time because it was clearly him that they were trying to make him the next hulk hogan so you know, I am I'm I'm feeling myself, you know, with Lex Luger coming to WWF and winning every match by knockout within like ten seconds and then like he comes outside and tells me, Oh my god, it's it's a still play, he's not really winning these matches and that just that tore my world down. That's so a cruel thing to do. Your brother yeah. should be he should apologize. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing though, and we we'll, we will get back to that in right. time, but right now Lawler's rocking that storyline too, and he got the submission to put over it. Yeah. Like if Luger is throwing them up in the rack. It's not the rack that's beating the guy. The guy's knocked out. Right, yeah. No, it's great. It's a great gimmick, honestly. So, yeah, I, I, I want to see more Tom Waller. I want to see if you end up sharing my, my feeling. But I'm just one thing. Okay, here's an AEW thing that we can sidetrack on a second. We're signing a lot of good talent. But I was looking over the list, like when I say, who has a chance to seize the narrative? And for a lot of these people, I'm asking, is this a good talent or is this a star? Like, is this a guy who could possibly be a really big star? Is it a girl who could be a big star? You know, all this stuff. And for a lot of these guys, I'm like, I don't know if that star potential is there. I look at Tom Lawler and I'm like, this guy could be a star. You know, I think um, he really has the potential for that. So that's the kind of people I want to see AEW maybe sign more of. So that that's my thinking with that. I think with that, this is where I go with Pac and with Marty Skrull, if right. he's not a part of that group. I want to see people just be kind of rugged and nasty and a lot of things, because there's a lot about AEW that's pretty. You know, it's yeah. like, we're so loved by the fans, and we love them, and it's like just one gigantic hug. And I'm not even mad at that, because a lot of what, the fact that we got a company out of nowhere is probably built on that. Right. But wrestling is all about, I don't care if you have heels and baby faces, you got to have like some fucking antagonists. People have to antagonize one another. Yeah. And right now, the thing that they need, do they need another guy who can like do something in the ring that blows your mind? Probably not. But they yeah, need they people. <laughs> yeah, they they need people who can cut the promos and be arrogant and and get you mad and get the storyline to matter. Yeah. Again, yeah. I want to hear their explicit thoughts on storylines because, you know, I like there's parts of the sports centric idea I like, 
parts I don't simply because it's something you can make anything you want to make because they're not laying it out, but like... Right, yeah. It's a phrase that kind of means nothing, honestly, so I don't know what to think of it. And I think they said a long time ago they want to have longer storylines. Well, Yeah, I I remember that as well. I was just thinking of that. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe that is the idea, but yeah, I don't know. You got a guy, his nickname is Filthy, you know? He's got this crappy, like, scratchy beard that no self-respecting person would have. He's got, like, this unique look, this attitude, this way of wrestling. I don't know. I just see a lot in the guy. I think it could be a, a great pick for him. And also, I think if they don't pick him, somebody else is going to. So there's that. <laughs> that might be, that still a good time to be a free agent. Oh, like, man. It's the best time in a long time since, like, the WWF expanded, probably, honestly. So, yeah, it's big. I wish my job market was my job market's the opposite of that. <laughs> well, you need someone to come in and start a rival job market and get everybody <laughs> excited. So yes, put out the rumors. Yeah. Oh, did you know the Khan family is also like they're big in the education game. They're gonna they're gonna change the college system. <laughs> yeah, well, someone probably should honestly, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. So. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen, sir. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm going to say something that you will probably not like to hear. Oh, boy. All right. But it's my, it's my honest take at the moment. Like, I have Lawler about where I have Jimmy Havoc. Ouch. Yeah, that doesn't make me happy. Um, but I'm not as down on Jimmy Havoc as you are, though. Okay, okay. Thank you for saying that. That made me feel a little better. Yeah. Um, oh, man. You can't tell me, though. Like, if you say, oh, you could watch a Jimmy Havoc match or a Tom Lawler match, you really, you'd say, oh, it's about the same to me? Really? I've seen one Lawler match. So that's Fair like, enough. Not, Fair enough. Not a we'll lot to we'll go watch on. some more. We'll see what happens. Who do you think is like Lawler? Like, who wrestles like Lawler as far as guys who are more, have been in the mainstream? Oh, man. Um, well, as far as MMA-influenced guys, there's, like, Matt Riddle. But I don't think you know him too well. Uh, I'm trying to think back on somebody. I don't know. It's sort of a newer thing to be, like, so MMA-influenced, but also, like, with this wrestling blend. So I don't know if I could point to somebody exactly yet. Okay. Um, we'll just wait and see what happens. One thing I will give him, it was nice to hear that he was 10-6-1 with four submissions. At least he had success. Right. Because I think a little bit of CM Punk. CM Punk did some of this stuff. But CM Punk was, uh, you know, we found out, you know. <laughs> we found what out was what, what we already knew. That, yeah. So. Yeah. So, Lawler, I've got to figure out any time, because I also don't care. This is what with, why I couldn't assess the eight-man tag, because I might watch a match and either enjoy it or not enjoy it at all, but if you build a character and I start to care about the character... Okay, I, I can go from, I don't necessarily like your matches that much, but if I like you as a character, I can learn to like them better than I can go from... Um, I like your matches, so I'll learn to like your character even though I don't like it. No, no, I agree. It's so much easier to like a match for somebody that you're invested in as opposed to, you know, you just come in and you see them wrestle once, and unless there's somebody like Aja Khan, you know, who can blow up your mind immediately, then, yeah, it's probably not going to be quite the same for guys like you and me. <laughs> and I will say, I may end up not liking uh, uh, Jimmy Havoc. I don't even like him right now, but I see... I see a potential with him that I don't see with, um, let's say, Sammy Callahan. Sure. And so I would book him differently, though. I really would not book him as the king of anything. He he feels like, to me, every generation, like, whether you're listening to from way back in the day, it could be anything from Eminem to Linkin Park, like, kind of emo style. Like, you're doing it, though, because you're kind of alone. And he, to me, I would make him more of a... 
in his head he is the king of um these things <laughs> but we also don't like he just because he, he gets beat up really bad and i'm like i can feel sorry for you and not in a pity way but in a i want to see you have your day but i don't see him like when they call him the king of something like even the name king just sounds like too big for him but alas we yeah, <laughs> that's been my problem with Jimmy Havoc is that like the conversation doesn't match what you actually see uh, ever. I don't feel yeah, like that's so. Irritating. <laughs> okay, so we'll see him though. We are now we got uh, Shane Strickland and Selena. Um, she says that you can see Pentagon now. I did not like this segment. I thought it was way underwhelming. <laughs> like does Pentagon really show up after five weeks to like just spit mist in your face? And is that is that what he's about? I don't know. I'm a, I'm a sucker for any missed segments, so I probably liked it more than you. But I get it. Like, Pentagon, he walked up very casually about yeah. this. He wasn't, like, threatening or intimidating. He was just like, well, here I am with my mist, and now I'm <laughs> gone, you know? So, yeah, it could have been more, I think, a lot. Um, I did like the little bit after the break where they were yes. like, trying to flush his eyes out. I, you know, it's a nice touch. I appreciate stuff like that. Yeah, I was about to say that. That almost, for me, you know, it was underwhelming. That almost, re- like... And that was, they should have just thrown it. I love that. And they should have thrown in something that Pentagon has added something to the mist that's never been used before. <laughs> that's more ir- more of an irritant. And I'd be like, okay, it doesn't make sense because it doesn't irritate him, but like, I don't care. You know, but I liked that vulnerability of showing because it just looks like nothing. Like, let me spit mist in your face and walk away. But then when you see the consequences, it does give you kind of, it gave me kind of what I wanted from the scene. For sure. If it makes any difference to you, there is a hierarchy of mists based on their color, and nice. red is supposed to like burn you more. So there you go. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> Dude, someone should come in with that and really lay lay that down. You yeah, know? I would love that, man. Like I said, I'm a huge sucker for mist spots always. So yeah, I would love that. Can you imagine too if they hit all these mists and they did different things? And there's one like I just have that one here because it, it is a mist, but I, I even I don't use that mist, and then. Six months from now, he's in a feud with somebody, and you see him come and get that mist, and you're like, sure, sure. oh, shit. Blackness yeah, causes lasting blindness. So yeah. No, it does. That's that's a thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff. I, I won't. Yes. I don't know if it's characters or gimmicks, but, you know, Dusty Rhodes would get blinded by that, and he would, and he would stay out for a while, and he would come back with a patch on, and you that match would be fire, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Let's do let's do some of that. Come on, man. Let's, I want to see consequences and I want to see long feuds, but I want to see them built on things that matter. Amen. I love it. Okay, so we have called this match before, um, and convince me on the show. It is MJF. Who's he wrestling? Fred Yehi. That's right. That's right. Okay. I know. I'm yeah, always afraid to pronounce match. his last name too. <laughs> Both the announcers announce it or say it differently. Yeah, one's a yee high and one's a yay high. <laughs> I believe it's yay high. So I think that's why the fans were chanting as well. So mm-hmm, yeah, I, I was glad to watch this again. This is probably my favorite match on the card, actually. Um, MJF, I think, uh, is really good. Like I said, love him as a character. He's good in the ring. Fred Yay high, I think, is a great in ring talent. He's sort of a little similar to Lawler too, I think, in that he does a lot of stuff that it feels very authentic. Um, a lot of stuff that is like strategic. I don't know. I really like this. I hope Fred Yehi also gets signed. I think he could be a really good benefit to AEW and kind of that mid-card TV title division kind of area. I think it could be very good stuff. I agree with that. Um, I don't know him well enough to say that, like, full-throated, but he was another guy that was doing stuff on on purpose. So 
you know, even with his high flying in the match, it's like I'm hitting you in a very specific spot for a very specific reason. Yeah. He had a little attitude uh, in the match, so he wasn't just, you know, oh, look at me, Russell, without a personality. So <laughs> He wasn't nice, nicey ACH or anything, yeah? Yeah, the nicest guy I've ever seen uh, call someone <laughs> names. Yeah, a good match again, man. I agree, best matchup on the show for me. Yeah, yeah, probably it's the best match this Pentagon Phoenix um, on show yeah. one. This show was much better overall. I, I didn't love the main event as much, but uh, um, still, this this match, uh, this show had more stuff that I've been hoping to see from MLW. It was featuring like fresh guys that I think deserved to be featured. It was building narratives around them. I really, you know, we talked about it on our previous show, but MJF's promo after the match was awesome. Just really good stuff. I was a little offended at Barrington um, being used to promote a show in New York when I haven't seen him on this show <laughs> since week one. But I'm yeah, pretty sure he'll be def- back. Yeah, so it's so, it's so much though because it looks like the tag title we see, again saw that's going to be decided at some show somewhere. So it's hard because the stuff that you don't get again that you're wondering about, and sometimes you keep getting people who you don't really wonder about. So. <laughs> It's a big mix, you know, it, it's more talent than there is time, and some people are probably not really part of MLW that much, so, like, you see them show up once every six weeks to blow mist in people's faces type thing, but next week, next week, okay, here's what I miss, and I'm skipping Sammy Callahan, we'll definitely go back to that, because, you know, <laughs> okay. I missed it, uh, the MLW officials were not happy about what Pentagon did, and they have signed him up. A double, a double or nothing type matchup. It's a Pentagon Phoenix two, and if Pentagon loses, he doesn't get a shot. But I miss the uptight officials that you never see who are getting pissy about everything that happens and like <laughs> send out decrees through the announcers. For sure, where's Jack Tunney with a video from his office? Yeah, you know, honestly, so that's rough, man. Yeah, talk about protecting a champion. Like the guy has been the number one contender for five weeks, hasn't got a shot. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a little unfair. That, you know, what? he probably only spit the poison because he waited so long to give him the title match. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't have done it if he had just gotten on the ball. Come on, man. Giving Jimmy yeah. Havoc these shots and all this, you know, stupid. Yeah. yeah. We saw the top ten. He was already number one contender, and you're wrestling other people. So, yeah. man, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't respond to the death threat in his locker room. What, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> Yeah, it did make me question. I like that they have a top 10, but it, what does it matter if, like, you know, we're just sitting around with this top 10 and nobody ever yeah. challenges for the damn title and then the, the number one contender has to spit poison to get noticed, so. And there wasn't one this week, so is it a weekly thing? Is it a monthly thing? Is it gone? Yeah, good question. Very good question. So there's That's a lot. It's tough to do top 10s because you have to be, like, really invested in it. And I, it's so doable, but nobody ever does it. So I don't know. It's weird. I think we're getting it, one for better or worse, because Cody's brought it up to it. I think I think Cody wants it. And we got the, the, the analytics and stuff that we had today. You really could see something unlike. I don't know if I'll enjoy it or not, but you really could see something unlike what our brains could fathom. So. I suppose. I think TNA for a while had like a fan voted top ten, but it was okay. kind of a mess. So I don't know if I would want something like that. Last yeah, I don't know what, what what they could do. I don't know. I don't care about fans' votes or opinions. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm including I'm including myself in that. Like I don't want to. Like I'm gonna have opinions and things I want to see, but I don't think I have the right to influence their big decisions because right. like why would I? Right. Makes sense. 
But anyway, uh, Sammy Callahan is mad. I don't remember what, but you know he's well. He's uh, he's creating an army of like-minded uh, individuals. <laughs> he tells us this after first telling us he doesn't want to tell us what he's all about, and then he tells us what he's about. He's about his army to take over wrestling and everything. Oh God! Um, he also Try calls harder. himself a human being machine gun enigma. Which is probably accurate because it makes no sense, and it's yeah. it's pretty much it reminded me of Sammy Callahan a lot. So there you go. What is thumbs up, thumbs down? Like, what does that say to me? I have no idea. It means it means either like the movie or he didn't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't. It's so hard with Sammy Callahan because all the time I see people who like this guy, Doc. Um, you know who who uh, I don't always agree with, but generally I think has has pretty good opinions. When I, he's like, oh, I watched this Sammy Callahan Pentagon match. What a character Sammy Callahan is. I love this guy. And I'm like, what? You watched a match with Pentagon and you like Sammy Callahan? Like, what? Ah, what? This is crazy right. to Come me. On. And I had to admit, back. you know, like, Come that's on. kind of a special, like, that. that's a scenario where Sammy Callahan probably clicked a lot better than he has uh, in other places and then, than in the stuff they're watching. So, it could okay, be. Fair enough to a certain extent. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating to me. I think Zanman also... Jumped in, he was like, yeah, Sammy Callahan is one of the best characters in wrestling. And I'm like, ah! Like, I'm watching a different world than you people, you know? And it's weird. It's just a matter of taste to some extent, I guess. But, yeah. It's interesting. Because those are two of the people that I like uh, most. They go way back. Exactly. You know, generally, I agree with their opinions, or at least I see where they're coming from. But sometimes, yeah, I don't know. Just just a real cognitive dissonance, I guess. Mm. And you're going to get that from time to time, I suppose. I think for me, I don't know if I, if Stan if Man and I would agree on anything. Like we have a, It'd be an interesting for us to try to talk because I feel like <laughs> he's very grounded in what he, and I'm just some like floaty, you know, well, my felt sense tells me this thing. And he's like, uh, here's, a, here's a pin and let me poke a hole and then get that hot air balloon out of here. So I can see him having a different opinion on that. And I, I will have to talk. I'm not going to speak for either of them because I haven't had the conversation. But, you know, I'd like to know what specifically you like about Sammy Callahan because I see him as a tryhard who's using almost everybody's gimmicks and nobody's gimmicks at the same time. That's you know, throwing shit against the wall all the time. And that if he found something like a gimmick, it would be too big for him because the human being under it doesn't appeal to me. So, like, it's hard for me to, you know, I don't like his gimmicks and his tries. But even if he had a good one, I just think it would overwhelm him because I don't see much, like, Ah, who was it? Okay, this is why this is a weird life because I was looking at the comment section for Nick Aldis in the video we watched, and somebody was like, they didn't just say I like Nick Aldis. They said Nick Aldis has the it factor. Was their first sentence? <laughs> and it was like, what? What do you say to that? Because I'm willing like to, to like move on. Like, is his wrestling better than I see? Is somehow his promos, but I'm watching them differently. But I feel like we got to start at a basic that. Any success Nick Aldis has had is despite not having the it factor. <laughs> but if we can't agree on that, then I, I don't even know if we if we're like the same kind of beings that perceive the world the same. Yeah. And so like I, that would be one of my questions to Sammy Callahan. Do you like his gimmick? Do you like his hardcore style? Or do you think that actual human being has like an it factor? Because I, I don't see that, and like I see the opposite of that. I I cringe when Sammy Callahan is trying. So I, I don't I don't know like how far down does it go how far do the differences go? Yeah yeah I really don't know so yeah Doc I know you listen uh, if you uh, want to shout me out on Twitter you know where I'm at tell me some thoughts on Sammy Callahan I know you may have only seen 
like one or two matches. And I think, you know, that's probably part of it as well. It's like, it depends on what you see first sometimes. Yeah. So if you see him wrestling like his best match ever with Pentagon, then yeah, you probably develop a good opinion of him. But you know, if you're discovering him in MLW or you, like you say, I think like it's a lot of try hard stuff and you know, it doesn't really click that well. I don't know, but a lot of people like Sammy Callahan, you know, he's and, more power to over, and you know, maybe like you said, it's just, just perceiving these people differently. And you know, it happens. It's weird, but it happens. And it's fun because I do think we agree on a lot of things, but you, right now we could throw out, we're not in the same place on Tom Lawler. We're not in the same place on Jimmy Havoc. We're not in the same place on Joey Janela. Yep. So especially when you start throwing in a lot of people, like at least with the legacy series, we could disagree with narratives, but we could all start at the same place. Like this guy's narrative was kind of conceived as this and this level. Right, right. But right now we're dealing with a lot of people who's like, is there a world where MJF fucks it up somehow, but Sammy Callahan lasts in 10 years and Sammy Callahan has a better career? <laughs> like, that's a sad fucking world for me, but like none of us can predict these things. It's a whole different world. So we're like, we're almost like fucking, um, uh, scouts, you know, we're scouting this shit out and we're making predictions. Like if we were, uh, say, I A A W, and this happens in the NBA. Some people, people will take the number one draft pick, will be a bust, and someone who gets drafted way down will be like a star. Yep. And so we're this shit. This shit's hard to say. It's hard to say. It really is. Yeah. I mean, uh, the wrestling world, like I always say, is very deep and wide. Sometimes it depends on what part of the ocean you're in. Sometimes it depends on uh, what instrument you're using to plumb those depths. And maybe, you know, it's just, just going to be different for different people sometimes. And that's totally cool. But it does give you a weird cognitive dissonance when there's a guy you see yeah. very little in. And then someone uh, who's a great, like, mind of wrestling as a fan is like, this guy's great. And I'm like, how do we reconcile these? Like, they can't both be true, but they are. And, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. So, yeah. We shall see. I'm sure we'll keep talking about Sammy Callahan a lot because I don't think he's going away from MLW, no. I'm afraid. But um, so make me do what I have not wanted to do, which is eventually watch the Pentagon Callahan feud. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to watch Sammy Callahan, it's probably the best way to do it, honestly. So, um, you know, that I, he was good there, better than, like, really anywhere else. Um, I don't know. If you do, give it a shot and we'll talk about it. So, okay. I don't know. I so dread the day when he signed to AEW, though. I think he just signed a big thing with Impact, so maybe he won't be available, which would be fine with me. Yeah, he he belongs. I think they've, they've kind of given him his biggest stage, and I think in a decent world, that's as big as his stage should get. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Like, man, make your name there. For decency's sake, yes. Yeah, for decent. <laughs> you know? And it's like it's why I can't watch it, because I keep saying I haven't watched any of their feuds, but that I kept saying that it was – is ranked very highly, yeah. but I do I do think I accidentally happened upon a video where one group was kidnapping somebody from the other group. I think that was a different feud. Oh, is that a different feud? Uh, no, that, I won't yeah, that's swear wrong. to it. It might be though. Yeah. No, I know who you're talking about now. I know who that. I didn't like anything. I was pleasantly surprised. Like Pentagon, they made Pentagon their champion. Yep. I was like, let me look at this. And I was like, this is awesome. And then real time got to me. Oh, well, he's not champion anymore. Yeah, yeah. They, they should have stuck with that a lot longer, in my opinion. And then like, he's just been in. This is – I would rather – this is the hardest thing for me to ever. If WWE could book Pentagon better than AEW, I would hope Pentagon would go to the WWE. Sure. Because there are, there are so many right ways to – book him and there are so many wrong ways mm -hmm. 
and we won't get into that this week because we've done it before. But yeah, you know, it 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 hurts me to know that Pentagon's career could be just as misused as it could be used, and that is still come that ball is still in the air. Yeah, it's tough because it's an advantage Phoenix has over him, and then it's really hard to misuse Phoenix. Yeah. Like you just let him go out there and be Phoenix, and man, he's gonna like tear the house down. Pentagon, yeah, I think he has the potential to be the biggest star in the world, bar none, and mm. he has the potential to be a joke that never was, you yeah. know, so it's really tough. God, man, that's, that's some deep stuff, and we will we will come back to that, because I do, it's a big wonder to me what will happen it, when they sign their first kind of exclusive contracts, if they do, yeah, you know. Yeah. But right now we got um, the main event of episode four. Yep. It is Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc. And I don't, I forgot what the match is called, but man, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a bogus journey match or something like that. It's like a Bill and Ted reference, I guess. Okay. So yeah. yeah, it's just a no DQ match. Um, so yeah, I, I like to point out, you know, for better or worse, this is a match that we could and probably will see in AEW at some points. And both of these guys are signed. So, Oh, uh, Jimmy Havoc signed. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Officially uh, I wouldn't signed. have been okay. I wouldn't have been praising him if I knew I was really, really gonna deal with him in the future. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, Who is with Joey Janela? Uh, some girl. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I got <laughs> the name to go right around now, Penelope Ford, and now they're not. I think together in quite the same way. So he's with somebody else, and I, I forget. I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. I got it written down. I can't read it. It starts with an A. Last name starts with a B. But someone, she's a, someone I didn't know well, so. Okay. Yeah. She is of no consequence in this match. No, no. She's not. Uh, she's at ringside kind of cheering him on. This is no DQ. So this is the match I think I was referencing where I think the third move is something like a dive. And probably. Nobody has no, been he's two. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> yeah, so there. And then they're in the crowd. Um I had something in first good things. Uh, maybe I can read this. Joey Janela and okay, taking an in ring on rope. I don't know. They take some big bumps in this match. If that's maybe what you're writing about, um, neither of them are afraid to take those big bumps. Janela, yeah. in particular, I think is very fearless with his body, um, which is sort of in his favor and also something he might regret in the future. So we'll see. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't love this match. I didn't hate it. I thought it was kind of an okay, hardcore kind of match. Kind of what you just would expect. Nothing that really blew my mind here. Um, they bring out kind of the doors that, uh, that, that, that they use in GCW that you can kind of smash through pretty easily. It gives you a little different visual. Uh, you got, you know, like jumping off the top rope and like high-fiving people in the balcony while he's up there, which was kind of cool, I thought. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff with chairs, um, throwing guys around onto them, throwing them with them. Um, I don't know. It was an okay hardcore match, I thought. It, like I said, it didn't blow me away. Didn't think it was bad. Uh, kind of was what it was. Bridge talks about the potential of fans being jaded when they see these objects so much. <laughs> so I thought it was an interesting commentary. Yeah. I will give them one uh, enormous bit of praise. Okay. So there is a point where that they they bring a fucking door, of course, into the ring, and it's still sitting in the corner after some time. And then they go get a chair, and then they get like a pile 
of uh, our table and then you get a pile of chairs and money for fuck's sake. <laughs> what you know? How much more of this are we gonna see? And then uh, we we get Jimmy Havoc doing. Well, no, Joey Janela goes for um comes out the top, misses, goes through the table, then he goes through the door, then he gets put on the chairs, and then we get uh the finisher, and so all of it equal together to end the match. So that made my day because all I was doing is sitting there thinking, how many of these objects are they gonna kick out of before we get to the finish of the match? Mm. But they used them all together in one spot, which got Jimmy Havoc the win, and I was like, okay, I can live with that. Fair enough, fair enough. A match you can live with—that's something. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than we got on episode three of the main event. So there you go. It is. It is. I do want to see a change of style. I don't think we will because. After the match, Jimmy Havoc stumbles out of the building, bumps into uh, Lawler, and, and gets a beatdown for it. But I really wish we could have a few weeks that are just not, like, hardcore guys or not that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I can see what you're saying. Because, um, yeah, between Sandy Callahan and everybody else. And, yeah, you know, you know. Just, just, uh, I wish they'd break it up a little bit. Maybe they will in time. Because we're getting to really know some guys, but a lot of them, the ones that I kind of decided to watch the show for are very hit and miss as far as appearing on it. Yeah, yeah. It's the struggle of doing an hour-long show, especially when you've got access to a lot of talent, like MLW does. Um, But, uh, yeah, it seems like Jimmy Havoc and Tom Lawler are going to have a feud, so I guess maybe you'll be able to decide from that which one is actually better. (laughs) Um, We'll see. Yeah. Next week on MLW, uh, that's everything for the show, right? There was anything else? Yeah, that's everything from okay, this show. Okay, that's everything from MLW. Next week, um, we have uh, a couple of rematches, actually. We have Pentagon Jr. taking on Ray Phoenix again, of course, in the main event. We've got uh, uh, Jason Cade and Jimmy Yuta once again fighting the Dirty Blondes. I don't know what to make of that Where's exactly. It? That's happening again, though. Uh, we have... Uh, Cotto Brazil versus Trey Miguel. I don't know Brazil at all. I know Miguel a little, so I guess we'll be learning about them. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens on uh, episode five called Double Jeopardy. Uh, Double Jeopardy. That's looking forward to that main event, definitely. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think it's a bad move to just – we got them twice just put them against each other, you know. <laughs> Why not? I like them more against each other than together sometimes, so Preach. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to see them forever as a tag team, and I don't want to see Pentagon forever. It's just, like, I'm a hardcore guy, and I don't want to see him as Doink the Clown, babyface. Oh, God, yeah, no, Lord. So, there are so many wrong ways to go, and there's <laughs> it's the We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, big week, though, a lot. We covered a lot in the show. Yeah, we did. Every so, week we think it's going to be a short show, and it never is. So. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll keep our minds open keep our eyes open because from week to week you never know who's left the company who has entered a company who might be coming in and what might be going on you know so we appreciate you going along for this ride aew doing it big mlw getting some shine and we're going to bring it to you weekly here on all about all elite absolutely so thanks everyone for listening to the show uh it's been really nice to see such a good reaction from people out there for us coming back um we're glad to be back we get great energy off of doing these shows together uh if you ever want to shout us out i am on twitter i'm at spectral gents uh i mentioned the doc and zam man you can definitely shout me out with your 
Sammy Callahan have thoughts or anything else, and I'll probably bring him to the show. Anyone else as well? Brooklyn, CB Mac, I know you guys are listening. A lot of other people do. Um, so thanks for your loyal listening. Uh, again, I'm at Spectral Gents. Hope you check out the other great programs on LOP Radio. Got a lot of ones covering uh, sometimes some similar stuff. We got uh, myself and my good buddy Jeff doing the Global Revolution, talking about wrestling outside the WWE. Got uh, Kingdom of Honor, my Zen man and his friend, whose name I can never remember, um, mm-hmm. talking about uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, AEW, that kind of stuff. Got the Doc Says Returning, which is very cool. Please check that out. Uh, right Side of the Pond, Sports Entertainment is Dead, Perfect Ten Wrestling, a lot of really good ones out there. Hope you will check that out on uh, LOP Radio. Also, lordsofpain.net, lopforums.com, for a lot of great written material. Hope you will come join there. I got my Bobby Heenan series running there. Go mm. feedback my last column. Nobody did. It made me sad, but uh, it's no. okay. Uh, I know a lot of people read it, so just feed if you can. We also got a writing tournament going on there. Right now, King of the Columnists uh, entering, I think, the semifinals. Some super great written material. Then you can come join the community. You can write for yourself. You can just read. You can comment. You can do all sorts of good things. So uh, hope you will do that. That is everything I've got. We'll be back next week with more AAEW, more Convince Me, more MLW, the Legacy Series. I'm excited. I can't wait. Absolutely. Until next time, don't let the legacy be dictated to you. Rewatch. Revisit. Rewrite. I saw an undiscovered creature Climbing on the mountainside You know that no one else believed me How about that? And white stripes and salted tears I knew that these were just its cautionary features Keep telling myself nothing to fear It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared the undiscovered creature The undiscovered creature I never saw this one in books or heard a myth of it Looks like it came from underwater I thought I'd seen every life form But there it is An undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya, he's the one that's scared It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya, he's the one that's scared The undiscovered creature Stripes and salted tears I knew that these were just its cautionary features Keep telling myself nothing to fear It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared 
It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's 